Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Blue Red, and welcome to episode 119 of Beer Dutch the Podcast Adjunct Series. Back in business, uh, we were off last week. You guys may or may not have noticed. Um, I have been under the weather, as the kids say. So, uh, you know, getting back in the seat, ready to get potting again. I'm excited to be back. Uh, we have a ripper tonight. This is one we've been actually sort of mapping out for uh, a number of months. So, I'm very excited. Um, but of course, before we get into the pod, this episode of BOS is brought to you by the good folks at Manscaped. Oh, should, they deserve an applause, guys. Now, roses are red, violets are blue. Our friends at Manscaped have a gift for you. Manscaped is now selling beard products, mate. That's right. The leaders in grooming are revolutionizing the men's hygiene game once again with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. I have this bad boy right here. Um, I haven't had the chance to use it because I don't want to show you guys duttied up uh, equipment. But I'm going to be busting it out as we go. So it all starts with the beard hedger, this cordless trimmer. Did I just fucking lock it back up? Look, I was smarter before. Left it open for myself. Um, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel with 20 cutting lengths. That's pretty crazy. Like, you can see this this right here. Like, look at those lengths, mate. You block my stupid face. Yeah, look at that. And uh, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. I hate that. With this kit, it's never been easy to sculpt your precise look at any length, so make sure you're looking extra lovely this Valentine's Day by using the Beard Hedger. And even better, save 20% off and get free shipping with the code BAOS at manscaped.com. Now, um, like I said, I haven't had a chance to try this one just yet. Um, but I've only heard amazing things and, uh, it would actually come in handy sort of, you know, keeping everything trimmed. I go see a barber regularly, but in between my problem is trying to keep the, you know, I don't really have the equipment to keep everything sort of like nice and neat. So this is going to help me out a lot. So the Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the ultimate tool to get the perfect V-Day look. 7 million men already trust Manscaped with their balls. So it's time to trust the hair up top with them too. With this new kit, take your grooming routine to the next level. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This electric beard trimmer is a premium beard sculpting machine. Along with having only one guard leaving little mess. Excuse me, I'm getting emotional. <coughs> it's also waterproof. You can shave in the shower, which is actually pretty fucking cool, to avoid all that hair in the sink or on the bathroom floor. Plus a titanium-coated tea blade. Titanium, that's kind of gangster. Uh, is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leaving leading to single-stroke efficiency. I'm all about single-stroke efficiency, guys. Manscaped and Valentine's Day are the perfect pair, and the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit doesn't end there. So they've created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim hygiene, which is pretty dope. Uh, first, there's a beard shampoo and conditioner, which is this little guy. Boom, same packaging as the like bowl deodorant and such. Nice and easy. Uh, you need to remember all your hair is different. Beard hair is more coarse and easy to damage than the hair on your head. Fun fact. That's why the kit has made the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Very cool. Now, next the kit has Manscaped beard oil, which I'm a big fan of. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. Mm-hmm. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine, making him look extra fine. Look at the rhymes here. Uh, cap off the kit with the beard balm, which is this shit. I like beard balm too. Very cool. And the beard balm is a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look. It's not even coming up. There we go. It's going to block my face enough. Come on, camera. 
There you go. Show that. Yeah, yeah. You see the vibes. Uh, the Beardhead Pro Kit always co also comes with three free gifts. A beard brush, which is sick. I guess, you know, you can give that bad boy a little one too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a comb, scissors, and to ensure that you have all the tools for a perfect beard. So it's all tucked away here, but you get the point. Um, from first impression to last, you're going to love it. And everyone who sees your improved facial hair game will love it too. No one likes a weird beard. It's true. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble and tame your mane this Valentine's. So get 20% off and free shipping with BAOS. The code is BAOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com code BAOS. B-A-O-S, you know the vibes. Spice up this V-Day this year with Manscaped's Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 links. Boom. And with that, guys, um, it's fighting time. So we don't often get the opportunity to chat to new breweries, you know, relatively uh, fresh in their journey. It's something that um, I've always enjoyed doing whenever we get the opportunity to do that. And uh, sometimes, you know, breweries want to – hold off a little bit and just wait until they feel maybe feeling comfortable and dialed everything in, um, which is what we did with these guys here. I, you know, we connected early on and uh, just wanted them to you know, get all their, you know, get, get all things in gear. Cause you know, it's a new, new business, new facility, new equipment. You know, you've got a lot of dialing in to do and uh, mate, are they dialed in? So guys, please do me a favor and welcome. The boys, I'm going to try and say, I keep fucking this up. Okay, the boys at All My Friends and Nathan from Nathan Does Beer in the building. <laughs> Folks, welcome. Welcome, fellas. Hey. Great to connect. Uh, very happy to, we're, uh, that we're doing this finally. I know we uh, spoke, oh, it must have been like around six months ago. Is that accurate? Yeah, it was pretty. It was like middle of the summer. It was pretty close uh, to like after we had uh, we had opened. Oh, okay. So a bit a little more than that. Yeah, because I would have got the stuff from Durand and then brought it back to Montreal. It's probably before I lived here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. long yeah. before, long before. Shit. Yeah, I got a horrendous memory. That makes so much sense. Okay, so we, you know, like like I said, like I think it's pretty key to you know. Let new breweries kind of like, you know, feel it out a little bit, get there, you know, just get everything in gear so you guys feel comfortable. And I, I'm glad that you took the time and that we, we kept in touch and you guys uh, got to, I, I missed hanging out with Rob last week because I was sick, but uh, I know Nate hung out um, recently. You guys all connected. So I feel like everything's meant to be now. We're here. We're ready. We're getting into it. Here we stuff. are. Here we are. Well, like, I, I, I got to say, if we do this again, though, like, I get the zoom calls, but like, it'd be way better if we just had you here around the table. I definitely, maybe, that, maybe, maybe version two. Mate, that could be, uh, if we could make, so Nate and I obviously are living in pretty opposite sides of the, uh, the province and you guys are like flat in the middle. Actually, you guys are pretty close to me though. So it's possible. It's, it's, we got extra it's, a, it's actually a pretty good meeting point. Cause it's about, it's only about, about halfway hour drive from me. Yeah. Okay. So that could be something for uh, for later this year, perhaps. And we and we definitely will. Well, that's, yeah. Let's keep it. That's touch definitely been something we want the the brewery to be. We want it to be a meeting place. So, hey, what, like what better uh, better way to do it? Hey, fuck yes, that's exciting. Um, first things first, fellas. Shall we uh, crack one open? Let's do it. All right. All right. Yeah. So we have quite the uh, the lineup this yeah. evening. We are going to start on the lower end of the scale, of course. Um, tell us, tell us about this first beer, boys. 
Oh, hey, Rob, that's you. Oh, it's so Yeah, when um, we uh, when, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like when we uh, when we launched, it was uh, we, you know, uh, Rob's always been great. You can come up with recipes, do lots of stuff on the fly, and uh, we kind of like launched a, a bunch of beer that we just really dug. And uh, this is a beer that that like our customers just snagged onto. And I think Rob really nailed it. Is that it it drinks like you're drinking a full IPA. Like it it it's it has all the flavor that you want when you crack an IPA, but it, it you know it's not six and a half seven and a half percent. So it's it, you know you get to have a couple of them and and uh, you know watching your podcast and seeing your social media. I know you like to have a couple in the evening, and you know if you're if you're if you're pounding a, a bunch of seven percenters, you know you're not going to be able to like like I don't know me. I'm like a one or two beer a night. Like I I I couldn't do too many seven percenters. So it really just was like. Our, client, our, our customers, our accounts, and everybody just really snagged onto this one and really loved it. And that's why we decided to keep it around because we, we originally, I don't think we were thinking any of the beers would stay st- like on all the time. Interesting. Okay. I love that. Um, quick thing. So, uh, Ryan, I can hear you perfectly. And Rob, you sounded like you were on a phone in Afghanistan. So what I think is because the microphone is probably closer to Ryan, but what you could do is maybe just take the head. You guys can either like snuggle or um, you could probably even take the headphones out because you're just both in front of the thing. It might be okay. Potentially. No, here, let me. Yeah, I think, I, I think Rob's voice is reaching all the way to, uh, um, to Ryan's earpiece, which is why it's sounding echoey. Yeah. Well, uh, Let's see how that is. Oh. oh, there we go. Can you hear us now? Yes. That Rob, do you want to? Yeah, that might be a bit better. Rob, do you want to say hi? Just so we can make sure we go. Hey, how's it going? There we go. All righty. Yeah, yeah, that's much better. Definitely a lot better. Sorry, I just want to make sure that. Uh, hey, uh, yeah. we, we thought we'd do all the technical difficulties once the podcast started rather than do it before. <laughs> professionals. Well, you know what? You guys, this is on me. This is my fault. I do this all the time. So it's okay. I should have uh, probably checked before. We did it. But you know what? Never mind. We are fixed. The uh, the camera looks gorgeous. Can you guys hear us okay? Yeah. Uh, a little quiet, but that's fine. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Beautiful. So, shall we uh, get this in us? Let's do it. Fellas, cheers. Thanks for hanging cheers. out. Appreciate cheers. it. Oof. Oh yeah, this is great. 
you guys definitely nailed like you're exactly right like i feel like there's something uh, to be said about larger bodied lower abv beers that kind of uh becoming a bit of a thing of late and this really yeah. hits that spot um what were the hops in this one again so this one's cashmere mosaic and citra okay um so I, I like using the cashmere. I use it early on, especially in the Whirlpool. I really find it, it gives almost a texture to the beer. And um, I'll go that more and more into that texture when I talk about Euphonic or West Coast. But it's one of the, attribu- one of the attributing factors to that kind of smoothness is definitely how the hops are used and layered, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's also a lot to do with the water profile. We, we use reverse osmosis here. So we can really dial in that high chloride, low sulfate ratio. That's kind of ideal for this style. Um, the other thing with these styles is um, I don't think people really realize how much that ABV attributes to the body of a beer. So especially when you see the word like session IPAs, when they're down like 4.5, 4.6% range, there's really nothing to hold that, that hop flavor there for you. It's just, you know, it's hard to keep keep that kind like that abv adds so much to that body and texture especially if you have a high abv pilsner or a high abv lager of any sorts you notice that almost big body to it just because there's nothing to hide it so when it comes to these these low abv hobby beers you really have to uh, make the body work in your advantage so up to sweetness so we're mashing in uh quite high on these ones um we're under pitching our yeast so I'm pitching below 500 million cells per milliliter, kind of per hectoliter kind of range there, which uh, really gets me that attenuation I, I, I want it to be at, so it gives it that body. Um, I use a ton of flaked oats. Um, I prefer oats over, or sorry, let me get that right. I use, use a ton of flaked wheat. I, uh, I prefer the wheat much more than the oats, uh, just because I find it gives less, less, uh, that slick texture that you get from almost that oil that you get off the oats. Um, I find flaked wheat has that protein I'm looking for, gives me that retention I'm looking for without uh, adding that slickness. So I've uh, really switched the heavy on the wheat side. Um, but yeah, it's a combination of all those things that really makes that kind of uh, low ABV hobby beer work well. Very cool. Yeah, you're you're speaking my language there with um, uh, with this one because. I, I I tend to not like session IPAs exactly for the like exactly for that reason um, yeah. that that like the body tends to come out quite thin and the like and the profiles that tend to be more prominent are like pretty heavily acidic ones and like with really sharp carbonation and and that I find that can even be the case with a lot of uh, like five and a half percent pale ales and whatnot the um, the like the body is re- uh, like is kind of hard to get right. I tend to prefer double IPAs for uh, like for that reason. Not uh, like not just for uh, like not just for alcohol factor, but it's but it's really more just about the body that tends to come along with that hi- uh, with that higher ABV. So the fact that like this is coming out quite smooth and. Mm. Um, uh, like so, I think um, like I think you've nailed it with uh, like for all of the factors that uh, like that you've said. It's uh, it's a good attention to detail to kind of bring forward a really uh, like a really kind of softer, fuller bodied profile 
in a like in a lower ABV pale ale. Like, like I, I can, I'm really on board with this. I love it. I agree, man. Um, and again, oh, like, all of the like the body is is fantastic, and I'm definitely leaning towards those. Kind of like Nate and I had this conversation. Actually, Ryan and I, you and you and me were having this conversation a few days ago. Like I've found that I'm leaning towards this sort of ABV up to maybe six and a half or whatever. They have a, a bigger body as opposed to like the eight percent plus double IPAs because I'm completely satiated by what this ABV is able to offer. And this beer is a fantastic example of that. And I've heard I, I, it's kind of a question for you guys. Um, might not be the fairest to answer yet because maybe you haven't been around long enough, but I've heard from other breweries that they're saying that a lot of their audience is sort of maybe um, requesting beers around this ABV now more so than the higher ABV ones. And I know you guys aren't dropping like a million doubles or whatever, but yeah, what's what's the demand well, looking like? From from like a sales standpoint, like um, like looking at our numbers, it's it's obvious like that people – love double IPAs like and I think it's because well like it it's not just the alcohol it's it's exactly that it's the full flavor you're you're getting like I almost feel like that seven and a half to like eight and a half percent is like that sweet spot where you're going to maximize the, the, the flavor of the beer and and you're going to get all like like you're going to get all the good hop flavor you're going to get that full body you're going to get the full creaminess and it's almost as if like I'm a little partial, but I, I kind of feel like that's that's how it's meant to be. But the thing is, it's not practical. It's not practical. Like if you're having that one beer a night, that's it's great. And if we look at our sales numbers, like we can see, people are getting our double IPAs. They're loving it. There, there's a lot of people buying a few of them, right? So it, it's it, whereas, and you get the like beers like Softy, where we'll have customers come in and buy a two for. And so hmm. I, I think like I, I always correlate, I do the sales. So I, I always correlate everything with, with how they're selling. And, and, and that to me is the demand and what people are looking for. And it's kind of like that balancing act. Like how do you, how do you give that maximum amount of flavor? How do you get people that like, you know, you know, like what they're searching for in a beer, uh, but also do it in a way that like, you know, people don't always want to get hammered every night. So the thing is, is how do you, how do you kind of balance the two of them? Um, so you're right. I think that it's like, you know, be able to do a beer like this or do some nice IPAs that, you know, get you that full flavor, but also allow you to have some without, you know, without going to bed with the spins. Right. Absolutely. Which is the way. And I think, yeah, you mentioned it before. I mean, everyone has their own drinking habits and this is something you and I were talking about. Like you have a couple of night. I like to do a little bit more just to get through more things. And I just kind of like to continue drinking rather than cut it off and the lower abv helps me do that maybe you wrap it up on like a big guy um whereas like so i guess drinking habits have probably changed and i know over the last few years people went kind of crazy in 2020 were like ah stuff in their faces full of stuff and then that kind of you know leveled off and then people have uh you know alternated but that i think that's really interesting though in that context about the sales numbers because obviously people are buying a case of softy and then maybe, you know, a four pack of a double IPA because they only want one at a time when they feel like it. It's great to be able to have that, um, that just variety. And as well, if people are having a lower ABV beer, even maybe this, maybe people who are buying a case of softy only want one of these a night and it'll last them, you know, the four weeks or whatever, but they, 
get them they're extra satiated because the body is so fire the body is so big so it almost feels like they're drinking more than they are so it's uh eat regardless of the drinking habits i think it's important what you guys are doing with a beer like this to, and, and it's fantastic that this is your flagship too well that's it we made this kind of for that double ipa level so it's a full flavored beer but it's uh you know it's not going to put a a damper on the next morning type yeah i i really like yeah, how, I how fluid how fluidly it kind of ended up as our flagship like um when you're opening a business and and like you know, talking with Nate a little bit and, and talking to you, like it's it beer philosophy and like what direction you go and what what ideas you take and what you you think of. There's uh, like there's uh, Bill or Bill's not here, but there's only three of us and we 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 sit and we round table things. We 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 flow things by each other, right? And it's 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 interesting because like as I said, we we had no plans of keeping any beer around. We're just we really wanted to be influenced. We didn't know. Kind of we're just opening open people yeah yeah we, we we just did a, we like what do we want to drink well this is what we want to drink so let's make it we knew what the beer had to be good and we knew the branding and now it's kind of and we both the tap room yeah we had a goal for that image and the idea that went through the tap room and bill was one that made that one. Uh, okay yeah we, we made it look nice in here for but but the, but overall, we just wanted like, and even still, our our idea for beer is just to flow with it. Like we we sit down every month when we're gonna make beers. Like we have a little like a rough plan, but we sit and talk about what's what's working, what's good, what like what, what we want. Like, what we want to make. We we talk about new stuff. We're like, you want to try something new, or like Rob, maybe we shouldn't try so much new stuff. If we could chill out and just try one or two new things. Um, but yeah, like that's that's why I like uh, Softy so much right now, man. Because especially like we're starting to do kegs a little bit more and doing a little bit more out there, and 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 our local market's starting to pick up on us uh, more and more. And it's just you know talking about it as a flagship, and and it, it, you know the more I talk about it, the more I sell myself on how like we kind of like it just fits where we want it. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, that's very cool, man. I love it. I think it's a, it's, it represents you guys really well. Um, it's, and, and it kind of sets you up, sets the drinker up to understand the rest of your, uh, lineup and the things that you guys do, which is great. I feel like this is like, it's like a nice starter. I'm like, Hey, you like this shit? Well, wait till, you know, and then you guys watching and listening right now, we'll see as we go that, uh, you know, we're just going to ramp things up from here. So this is great guys. Like, yeah. Well, plan out what you said there, like a, a good starter. It's um, our uh, our customers that come in here, like so being down in the county, we get a lot of people who are uh, big fans of alcohol tours and have no yeah. idea who we are because like, like, who are we? We're like, we haven't been open a year yet. We're, we're, we're still just a bunch of guys who like drinking beer and uh, we make a go of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but softy is, is, is we are, we are making like my goal when I work a tap room here on a Saturday in, in the summer is to convert over like non-craft beer drinkers and wine lovers and all these people who are coming in because they, you know, they, we've made like the county's a wicked place. It, it, we made so many friends here and like our friends at all these other wineries, breweries, we'll be sending people over to us. Some people come over and be like, Hey, uh, you know, we were told to come over here, uh, from so-and-so. And they've never, like, they always come in and then we don't like IPAs. So anything else but an IPA, and I'm like, well, fuck. 
Well, it seems to be all we have on our menu. So, uh, best trick them. So I'll just like I'll, I'll pour a sampler of of softy and I'll put it in front of them. And like we might like we'll have our we did our oldies, which is our golden ale. And we did truce or blonde ale, uh, which are are good for the people who craft pleasers. You gotta yeah. have a you gotta have a yellow. Yeah, it's it, you know you gotta have that That's, uh, drinker. There's time and place. Time and place. There's always it's one true. in my fridge. Um, but the thing is, I'll always pour a softy beside it, and literally, like ninety-nine times out of a hundred, that person, like, the, like the person who said I don't like hops, will drink it and go, "Oh my god!" And they, they'll order a pint of it, and it's, it's, it's. I, I'm pumped on it, and honest, like I well, hope. The ABV doesn't scare them away, which the IPA does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's the flavor too. I, I, I just want to convert everybody. It has very low. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so it's, it's it's our contribution to bring people over to the craft beer industry. I've said I that a bunch that. on here. I love that a lot. To, it's great to hear that because I found just in my personal life that say where whatever I've been out like one of my girlfriend's friends. I remember being in New York. I was drinking another half, and she was like, "What the hell is that?" Like you know, looking at the beer. I'm like, "Try it." And she's like, "Yeah." She's a white wine or just a wine drinker. She lost her shit. And people always think that maybe you know the the typical thing is like a craft lager or something will be the one to trans to, to convert people, but I really think that New England IPAs are the one because for the exact reason. But it's like it's the it's everything they don't think an IPA is, and it's juicy and it's flavorful and it's soft and it's like it's not too dissimilar for other things. It's not scary, but it looks scary and it sounds it's approachable. Scary. So yeah, it's very it approachable, but I guess you're doing it the right way by tricking them and not really telling them, hey, try this and not saying nothing else. I love that. I think that's like the best way to go about it. And you're actually doing craft beer in general a favor by doing it that way. I love that. Definitely. Well, yes. Yes. And no, I also uh, like being a tourist spot. Like we like I'm conscious all the time. I want this person to have a, a unique, good experience. Mm. So if I can give them something a little bit different than they're getting everywhere else. If I can make their stay here like a little more enjoyable, like they're here for a weekend, it might be their only weekend off of the summer. Uh, you don't know. Uh, so if I can give them a beer they've never had before, something that's going to like really stay with them, then you know that's a win. That's the goal. Yeah, if, if they're if they're coming away from that weekend in the county, tell like telling a story of uh, of you know I went to this place called All My Friends, and uh, and you know you like you wouldn't believe this. Uh, this pale ale called softy that I, that, that, like that I tried. It was it, like, you know, part, it, like if that's part of that experience, they're going to be talking about it. hundred <laughs> percent. It's very cool. Um, so I'd love to hear the story. Um, speaking of stories um, of how you guys both got into craft beer and then how the brewery itself sort of spawned from that. Okay. I guess I'll start. Okay. Um, I got into craft beer through um, friend of a friend, I guess. Uh, I, I just kind of drinking, and then it got I got into home brewing, I guess, is what I should go to get into first. Because this was uh, just after college, uh, moved to Kingston, had a good buddy of mine who was in the home brewing, and this would have been 2000, 2007, 2008. and it was cool to watch him do it and try to drink the beers. That kind of got me hooked on like, oh, cool! I can do this at home. I can, you know, go into the, you uh, go in the LCBO and trying the new beers on the shelf, kind of get into that kind of stuff. Um, kind of got hooked on craft beer. Kind of, you know, started to 
try to read whatever literature was available at the time, wasn't much. Um, it wasn't until, I guess it would be 2011, I really got to get into craft beer business as far as I started home brewing. I started working for another brewery, just doing um, actually corn beer at craft beer festivals. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a full-time job at the time and a friend of mine worked at the brewery and invited me up to it was uh, actually it was 2010 Toronto Festival of Beer. I was nice. pouring beer there for a craft brewery, and I loved it. I loved it. I got to hang out with the people afterwards after the event was over. I was like, oh, this is a cool culture. Um, you know, I grew up with like uh, in punk rock bands and stuff, so I was always anti-establishment that way. And craft beer was kind of, you know, back then it was like anything but Labatt's or Molson. It was very anti-establishment. It felt back then, which Again, attracted me to it, and I was young back then, and I really just kept rolling with it. And then a job opened up in 2012 at a brewery in southwestern Ontario as a cellarman, and I got it. So just, you know what, I quit my full-time job, took a pay cut, I just got out of a relationship, I moved in with my best friend from college, and was working down the road at the brewery, just cleaning tanks and doing deliveries, cleaning cans, that kind of stuff. And it wasn't three months after that. It was kind of like they started taking off. The craft beer started becoming a thing. So I was bumped up to the brewer house, learned how to make beer. Um, from there, you know, I would be stealing grain and yeast and hops. Not stealing. I was, you know, just taking and making beer at home on the side. Without paying for it. Yeah, it was research development. There you, you go. Know. Um it was fun. It was, uh, and then started getting some beers from the U.S. Good thing we didn't mention the brewery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, started getting some beers from the U.S. Uh, kind of opened my eyes to like, there's a next level to this too. And that's the one thing that made me think, wow, this, uh, you know, I am getting in on the pot, like on the main floor. This isn't like, if this is going to be a thing in Ontario. So I kept going, um, ended up, writing my IDD certification exam. So I'm a certified in brewing science. Uh, I took a head brewing job at a new startup brewing company that opened in 2016. So I got my experience there, you know, sourcing the equipment, uh, commissioning the equipment, making all of the recipes myself, um, launching with them. And then uh, that's where I kind of met these guys. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I met... Ryan and Bill, I guess, 2016, 2017. And be after that, maybe you a bit after that. I met Bill first. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Bill, he comes from the craft beer industry as well. So we should make up a total narrative for Bill's story. <laughs> oh, Bill's, yeah, Bill's, Bill's experience. He wasn't in brewery. He, he brewed for one brewery, but he was uh, logistics and management for yeah, others. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah. But um, sorry. Uh, where were we? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we met and we weren't really happy with where we were in the brewery, how the direction it was wanting to go. And we've always talked about doing something like this. And it wasn't until Ryan kind of started hearing it, but I was talking about it. He's like, why don't you just guys do it? I'm a pusher. Yeah, you like, why are you guys talking about it all the time? Why don't you just do it? Like, you guys can do it. You have all the skills. Um, and we're still, you know, we started looking online at places and like talked about it and it, it, what, 
two years talking about this, it? There always needs to be someone in the group who uh, acts before they think. <laughs> Bully. Uh, you know, uh, can put together a really good argument on the spot without thinking. Uh, and that was me. That was, uh, that was me. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, COVID happened too. And we're like, okay, we definitely need to do this. Oh, we'll get into that part. Let, yeah. let me say how I met you first. Yeah. Um, I met a girl in Toronto. Uh, I was visiting her quite a bit. She, uh, she's now an ex girl. Uh, I, w- I couldn't afford to go visit her every weekend because I just, yeah, because I drove a truck because it was a dumb idea. It looked shiny and pretty, and but it was $140 to go uh, to Toronto and back. Um, I was saying I was at uh, the brewery that he was working at, uh, saying bye to a friend who was moving for a new job. And uh, the owner, uh, I can talk pretty quick, and I've worked in sales a little bit before. And uh, he offered me a job, and I said, hey, do you want to go to Toronto and sell beer for me? Uh, we'll give you a car, we'll pay your gas and your beer and send you down and give you some money. And I, I, I hadn't even thought of it. I just said, well, why not? I'll give it a try. So I went out, uh, we sold some beer for a day together and I realized that like, I've been training for this my entire life. (laughs) Um, He's really good at it. Honestly, (laughs) sitting at the end of a bar and talking to the bartender and the bar manager for an hour while having beers is uh is a bit of a specialty but uh like talking about craft beer like i've always like i think when i was in college in 2001 uh the first time i used to go to the lcbo and we'd like snag up a bunch of schneiderweiss in the tall tall bottle because that was like pretty much the only real thing you could get it was either that we would usually get like three of those and a six pack of schlitz and uh and drink them before going out uh no judging it's uh but well, like I, I, I always, I like the thing is, is before I, I, I didn't have the friends around me that understand crap, understood crap beer like like Rob did, and even like Bill did. Me, it was like I tried this and I loved it, and I had no idea there was like the internet wasn't as it wasn't like what it is today. There was no crap beer culture, like there was no community, mm. and so I would just, I just drank it and loved it, and I, and I, that was like a habit I always continued growing up, but it, like. I was going out or going to a party I'd always get a couple like really random neat beers, something different, something I hadn't tried before. And it was just, it was fun getting to try all these different things. And, and I had no clue, no understanding what any of it was. And I continued on with that. So I guess like when I got into like selling craft beer, I, I love beer. I love all beer and I still do. Uh, so uh, when I got offered the job, like I walked in and, and I knew nothing. Uh, like I remember, uh, one of the first breweries I went to, uh, I'd gone to a couple random breweries here and there, but the first one I went to purposefully was Treehouse, and uh, I used to go down to this state. Down, I to sent him there. Remember, he says, "Yeah, the boss is like, can you do me a favor? Stop by Treehouse." So, like, he sent me, and I'm just like, "Sure, I don't know what I'm getting into." And uh, I, I, I would go down like twice a year, so maybe three times a year. So I'd go down. I went to Treehouse. I'm like, I'm in this like three hour long lineup this like thousand people like lining up and I got up there. I'm like, well, I guess I better get a couple cases. I'm like, when am I going to be here again? And I remember drinking it thinking like, and, and that leads into the, to the brewery is like, this is amazing. Like this, this beer is like, this is something I've never had before. And like seeing the people there. And then like through my trip, I went to, went to another brewery called aeronaut. That was amazing. 
another one called Lord Hobo, and there was Notches. like a, a Notch. Oh, Notch is amazing. I went to like these amazing breweries, and everybody was doing it. Everybody there was drinking. Like there wasn't a like like everybody was drinking hazy IPAs and all these beers. So like that was like my like that was my moment where I'm like, this is awesome. I have to bring this back for the guys. Like I have to bring this back. Like that's still like that's still Luckily a big thing. That is true. It's still a big thing for me. Is is that like, and for us, it's like anytime we travel, like we go and like we all like you gather the beer you want to drink, but like like honestly, like I got a bunch of those Bellwoods clubs, which uh, not Bellwoods Blood Brothers clubs, mm. and I, th- I thought they were great. And like I'm sitting there, I've got one beer of this, the one of these beers, and I'm not drinking it despite wanting to drink it a ton because I'm like I gotta wait. Till, till I get around these guys. Um, but, that, but that's the thing is I got to get around these guys. And that's, that's kind of, that's what got me into craft. Like the thing is, is, is like, as much as like, you know, I love beer. I love sitting at a bar. I enjoy, like, I enjoy all like the, everything around here. Um, it really leads back to the fact that like, and, and why we started the business here is that um, I didn't, I've got a full-time job inside and I didn't get into this business or into craft beer because, you know, I like drinking beer. I could have just, the money we spent on the brewery, I could have bought a lot of craft beer uh, and a lot of trips to craft breweries. Uh, I got into it because, because like these guys are my friends and I like sharing a beer with them. And these guys, uh, like I believe in them, you know what I mean? Like I got two partners that are like, you know, I got Rob who's like, like I want to drink all the beers that he, he puts out. I trust him a hundred percent with what he does. And I've got Bill who's just like that guy. He just holds, he's like the glue who holds everything together. So like, that's how I got into craft beer. Like I, I progressed from there. And even after leaving there, you know, when sitting down and talking to these guys and they were toying with the idea of having, you know, putting a brewery and opening a brewery and they threw it a bunch of awful locations <laughs> And uh, I won't mention those places because they're really nice, nice towns. But like, no, um, they need to be in the county. We were like, but but we just we stumbled across. It's like anything you you uh, you see like that one little option where you're just like, well, you know, what about that? And you just kind of like tiptoe over there, and you tiptoe a little bit further, and next thing you know, you're you're sitting here talking on a podcast with two dudes who know their beer and uh, wondering how the hell you got here, right? I love it. That's awesome, man. And that yep. was all from when you guys started talking about it, when you were working together, to when you opened. What was that kind of like? We would have been, Bill and I would have been talking about doing something oh. together soon after we met. So, right. uh, no, no, I know that I know, I know that I have a pretty good timeline. Now, you, we, summer of 2020, in the spring, I guess. They had been kind of toying about it in the winter before 2019, 2020. Yeah, we looked at a few spots. I went. I went with them to look at a couple of spots and like it just. He forced his way into. We needed it. We needed it. Anyway, so they, so they, we looked at a couple of places that were just like one place. I remember, like we looked and we're like, well, there's just. It looks nice. It was an old church. So it was no, old church. no, the old no. I was talking. The, the church is good, but the mill was even better. The church was good. The mill. Uh, yeah, the mill. And I there was definitely otters in the basement, but uh, which would have been cool. But I remember we were out in the, this courtyard, which would have been a cool place to drink. And I just kept thinking, this is rad. But 
and we, I remember asking like, where does everybody park? Ooh. And the, 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 one of the tenants there was like, Oh, the, the look, the community is so easygoing. You just, people just park on the streets. They're really okay with it. And as she said that I looked across the road and like, no judgment here, but there was a hairless cat in the window of the street, a, a house right across the street. And all I could think is I'm like, I don't know if they're going to be cool with a bunch of people <laughs> drinking beer around here. Uh, I just, I just, I don't get easygoing vibes. Um, and so, yeah, we actually were sitting on the patio of a place called the red lion. And, uh, I pointed out, you know, guys, there's like, like 500 feet away, just across the bridge. There's, there's, uh, there's a building release. You want to go look at it? And that was, it just kind of went from there. Hmm. That's awesome. But we did, we did look at that church. We looked at this the church school. was pretty rad. It was like this, uh, I guess it was like Bohemian style church. It looks like, looks like you should just be uh, only doing Belgian triples. Exactly. Only Belgian right, triples. Right. <laughs> I have like totally shocked. You know, we could we could go. totally do a Doppelbach, which yeah, is probably one, of the, best, box, one of the best beers ever made. But I'm kind of well, I would have loved it. I love Belgian beers. It, uh, this is the truth. I love ideas. It's uh, opening a brewery's uh, mixing uh, vision with budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's really important? It's really not for some breweries. No, not at all. Um, hey, is it uh, is it time for a second beer? Look at that! See, I knew you'd come in. Let's go. Good thinking. That's a good guess. What, right what are we doing? What, what are your choice, man? What are you doing next? Oh. Whose choice? Mine. It's yours, man. You guys are like you guys. We've had all these beers. Yeah, that's no true. influence. All right, let well, them pick what they want to pick, man. Nate. Okay, so there's about three options because obviously the big guy we're waiting to the end. Yeah. Um, so we have. Okay, they're all about the same ABV, right? Which is great. Six two, six two, six five. Okay. Yeah, don't so, look, don't even look at the ABV. It's it's good. Okay. <laughs> so a mosaic IPA, an IPA, or a West Coast? Nathaniel. Mosaic. Um, mosaic. Yeah, let, let, let's do mosaic. Maybe like maybe we can uh, put the Westie in the uh, like in the middle or so, like or break something it up. Like that. So so let's do the mosaic. Good good thinking. All right. Now this one we're sure. Called, Smart guys, smart. So this one is called Ethereal. I have not had this one, so I'm very excited. Why is it not focusing? Focus, goddamn Um, tell us about this one, fellas. So this one actually technically does contain hot pellets. So this was a mosaic IPA brewed with mosaic incognito and mosaic cryo. Okay. And for those that don't know, um, I'll explain. Please. So Mosaic Incognito is a product from Haas Farms, which is a uh, one of my hop suppliers. So it is a CO2 extract hop resin. So under high pressures, they extract all the terpenes and oils that are from the hops, get them all separated, and then we put that into the whirlpool. And what it, it does is really enhances flavor and aroma in the finished product. Um, Crocs maybe been around for maybe a year now. Um, this was our second time using it. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, actually. It, it made the whole brewery smell like that, like a fresh bag of hops when we put it in. It was quite impressive. 
Uh, oh, did you taste it? Someone it was it was a bit of an experiment. So yeah, it is a very high concentrate. We used about um, a kilogram in about a liter, I should say, in the whirlpool, and it uh, it added quite a bit from that actually. Um, the other product in this is Yakima Chiefs um, Mosaic Cryo Hops. So Cryo Hops is a cryogenically uh, free separation that they do with the hops where they actually, it's almost like a, like a hop key that they pelletize. So it's almost like a powder. So it's a highly concentrated, um, pretty much powdered hop um, that we use as a dry hop in this. And I got to say that that bag of uh, that bag of cryo was probably the best bag of hops that's coming here. It was it was yeah, it was yeah like we moist. actually we wrote down the lot number on this box of mosaic. We're like we I called my supplier, I bought some more of it. It was awesome. It's just super pungent, super sticky. Um, yeah, all the way through fermentation, uh, we were we were getting super like this was one bad for like oh man, we're going to have like. We're going to lose like a keg worth of beer just not doing tank rips on this. All we did actually. Like we were drinking it. Or, like it was going back. Like it was. There was like out of the, control. There was like thirty liters of loss. Yeah, uh, at least yeah. literally. I think it was oh, day shit. nine. It was like near done. Like it was just tasted so good. Yeah. And right up until like it was like thirty days to packaging, and it was like we were drinking like like. Bill was bringing home growlers. Oh, yeah, we okay. got the growlers. Yeah, you, we should have a little talk. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so you'll notice uh, one thing. It's completely different than any of my other IPAs. Basically, it's not super milky. Um, most of my IPAs before this have been quite a bit more hazy, and that yes. is due to the, uh, the hops and the way I add the, add the hops to the beer. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's one thing we've been talking about lately is how much that haze. Oh, sorry. I didn't even look at the screen. How much that haze actually, it, it doesn't contribute flavor. It just in appearance, but how much it matters. Well, I don't know. I think I, I like it when it is milky. You I, can't I feel see like the shadow through the, through the beer, but I feel there's a little body. body. I feel there's a little body. Mm -hmm. to it. That's, yeah, that I don't know if it's perceived body you get from that really milkiness that you get in some IPAs. This is, I think, this is, yeah, this beer is I, I, I think perception has to play, uh, like, like, has to play a big, uh, like, a big part in that. It's, uh, oh, yeah. It, it, like, it's one of those things of if you were, uh, like, if you were doing it blind versus, um, uh, like, ver like, versus seeing it first, I, I, like, I think that definitely has to play a part. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know. I should actually do that test. I love the blind taste yeah. test. So that'd be actually, I, uh, we, we've had this argument a few times. I always say, I'm like, uh, for, uh, sours, I'm like, with the the berry sours like those red and purple sours i'm like it doesn't need to, it like it, it could be half as good but it has that color and there's something like something because i'm always like looking sellability right like being doing sales i'm always looking what's the draw like you know i don't worry about the beer quality like thankfully because like rob you like, should well, yeah sure but uh no because I, I trust my partner and i know what he does right and so for me, I start talking about all the, the, you know, the what ifs and, and all the direction. So, um, you're absolutely right. Like, uh, I, I joked with them during like the process. I'm like, it's not hazy. It's not hazy. We might as well just call it a, a regular ale. Like maybe we just call it a West coast or something. Like I, I just kept fucking with them <laughs> and pushing them. Cause you're right. It, like, wasn't, it wasn't as hazy as, and that's, that's the pellet compared to the cryo and incognito. But mm. I, I think that like, we're, 
this is one of the reasons why we waited a little bit too, is because um, to get to a point now where we can start using a using new products, start like I think I feel like our first beers were beers that were already in, in Rob's wheelhouse, and now we're getting into into a point where you know like we've had the the benefit of brewing with you know the awesome dudes at Fine Balance. Uh, dudes of town and then, and you know, like Wiley at, at, at Wood Brothers. And like these are like being able to talk with the different brewers. Now we're in a point where we can start thinking, like, well, let's try this and like sit down and honestly talk about what do we really like about this? Like, what is like something that's super strong about this? Like, what's the likable versus dislikable? Like, what would we change? Would we do this again? And, and I think this oh, is long that's one thing. Anytime you have new equipment, it's a learning curve. And I think the, we've been eight months now, 20, 25 different brands of beer. Um, I think we're really getting the equipment dialed in, which is huge. Um, no one does it. Uh, no one does it the first try. Uh, all the equipment's different. So all the experience I had in the past coming to this, you know, it, it changes just a little bit. So I know the science behind beer, but the, fluid management and all that around the brew house and the fermentation um, was a bit of a learning curve. And I think really now we have it dialed in to get what we want when we want it type thing. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's uh, I want to definitely sip this bad boy. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. The, the, the aroma is killing me here. I need to take a sip. Cheers, yo. I don't know why you guys weren't already drinking it. Like that's, that's why we were talking. That's why we were talking so much that it gave you time to make it halfway through the beers, guys. You know what? We like we got three more that. pints to go. So now you know we'll talk a lot, so you can get in there. So we can fuck the cheese right off. There. We just try. You know, we try to be. Uh, we try yes. to be hospitable. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Cheers. Don't Cheers. worry. So cheers, boys. Oh, we can pour cheers, in cheese us. immediately. First with the good cheers. Okay, so this backfill is fantastic. Yeah, uh, we're still new. There's um, a there's a ton of dank that I was get, like that I was getting on the nose, and that and uh, like and that's definitely coming through on the palate too. Mm. Yeah, there's like a grassy vibe that um, that you'd think would come more from like the chlorophyll or whatever in the the T ninety palettes, but it's like it's almost like this is like chalkiness to it that's it's like the chalkiness with a little bit of grassy vibes and the dankness that Nate you're talking about and then this big like punch of tropical fruit which is crazy well that's the one thing we talked about this one how it's kind of more dank than juicy that makes Ooh. sense mm -hmm. yep. yep it has um it's a bit weedy it's a bit catty it's yeah it is for sure that. catty it's uh it, it is juicy it's just I wouldn't say it's juicy first. I would say it's more of those other things first. Yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, it's that mosaic. Uh, when you can get good mosaic, that's it. It's that, you know, overripe fruit kind of dankness that you can get. Um, almost compost, we like to be sometimes said. It's good garbage. Yeah, good it's garbage. Like good garbage. <laughs> is that the everybody knows. The thing is, everybody will know that. The, of course. Um, so, I'm given ready. that this is uh, given that this is all mosaic, is it, and maybe this is something you can uh, you can answer, Rob. Something that I found with uh, like, like with mosaic 
fo- uh, like focused beers is that uh, like something in the feel that I often get is like a fuzziness, uh, like kind of like a fuzzy peach skin kind of, like kind of thing. Um, I don't know if that's something that I've j- like that I've just internalized and now, like and now I just perceive it whenever I have a mosaic like whenever I have a mosaic beer. Um, is there something to that? Like, do you think with uh, like with mosaic? Um. Definitely you get those. I always find I get a bit of the, uh, that blueberry and a touch of strawberries on mosaic mm. most of the time, but I found using, um, these products, uh, it actually muted those more flavors and brought out these, those kind of dank flavors more. Hmm. Um, I think if I used pellet, I would notice that you would notice those flavors coming out more. I see. I've I've heard the blueberry thing, um, or like with mosaic mentioned before, and uh, I, I feel like that's uh, like that's one of those notes that's not um, that's not kind of talked about as much. And whenever I read berries in like berries in a description, that one like that one always makes me think because that's one of those kind of tasting notes that isn't really talked about as much. Like the stone fruit is like, is mentioned a lot, like things like peach mango or like, you know, grapefruit in West, like in West coast, those are like very common ones, berries a bit less so, but it seems to be coming up a bit more. Mm. Mm. And I actually, I kind of prefer those kind of notes more than like that grapefruit and heavy citrus flavor. Mm. Um, I find some new, some of the other hops that have it, like uh, we did Beck lab, uh, besties was with town and we used uh, strata hops with strata mosaic and it came off like pure strawberries hmm. it was it was a cool combination um i we really enjoyed it we used uh was cosmic punch yeast and that yeah um that was a good that was a very strawberry beer yeah that was uh that was one of my first ones that i had that kind of like whoa really get those kind of flavors if you especially layer them correctly um, it has a lot to do with your body too. Like if you have a thinner body, I believe you will get, uh, a different kind of flavor that pops out of the hops as well. Um, but this beer here definitely has a big body. It finished quite high gravity for like 6.2% here, but it finished quite high for, uh, for that. That's dope. Now this is great stuff, guys. This is like, uh, exactly like the it feels like like why don't you say i kind of like that it's like slightly different than like i prefer that it sounds like we all kind of prefer like the milky haze whether it's some sort of like mental bullshit or we actually prefer yeah. it, who knows but like this fits well what like i've noticed from the beers i've had for you guys is a definite like there's a theme going on there and a consistency through it and i remember i had a bunch of the early stuff and i feel like within like a month of you guys opening or at least releasing beers i'm sorry um the it's, it's like the quality was already pretty solid but it, it felt like you just dialed it in like right after those first few beers like you just like it went like crazy is that was that like a perception that maybe i'm misinterpreting or is that something you guys noticed as well that like the- well i think that was just part of the learning curve um like we like i said we knew the science we knew how to make a good beer it's just getting this equipment to do what we wanted um especially like the first like that first canning run that we did with the IPAs. Um, it was awesome. Like it went really well. Everything canned and they're like, okay, we're releasing these all tomorrow. And I didn't know how anyone would perceive it. Really. Right. We didn't know. 
I, well, I thought I thought no, the no. answer was good. No, we had a good. So we, um, the entire crew from uh, Great Lakes Brewing, uh, because we were on Troy. Well, we were unofficially sponsored. One of our our friends is a sales rep. And he would, he'd occasionally donate some beers on a Friday afternoon during our building process because mm-hmm. uh, we're in the brewery and we did all the construction ourselves. So we would be Monday to Friday and sometimes weekends in here swinging hammers and busting floors and doing stuff. And so uh, part of their sponsorship is they want, they, I, I say, <laughs> I say they want to get their stale day to be, I, I was, you got their stale beer, but uh, still Robohop is a good beer. Yes. Um, but I feel like they, 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 they came in the night before we were supposed to open all the beer had just been canned. And like, I remember we passed yeah. down a bunch of, a uh, bunch of softies uh, and, and it was like a lot of, no, I put a case out. People started drinking at the end of the night. It was a lot of good. There was like, not one a lot half of smiles. Can. Every can was empty. Yeah, you know what? I think the first month of being open, uh, there wasn't beer left in that the last in the entire tap room. At least maybe even two months. Where like I remember the first time seeing beer in a glass and I I just left it there because they assumed they were coming back. <laughs> so we had a little idea that people wouldn't hate us. But the reception was more than we uh, imagined for sure. Huh. Those glasses are a good thing. You never expect. Do you think is that because like like I, I've like been a big fan of the county for a few years now, and I very much bigged it up, and I always felt like it's like a place to watch. So do you, is it? Do you think it's to do with like, hey, there's this brewery doing really forward thinking, trendy beers in in because arguably, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure you guys are the only brewery of your um, style, for lack of a better word, making. IPA forward brewery, you know, doing like some big sours and some sours and a few other things, but, you know, focusing primarily IPAs. You guys are the only brewery of your style on the island. Is that right? Um, Slake's pretty close, I think. Like Slake. Slake, yeah, Slake and Matron putting yeah. out extremely high quality. Yeah, yeah they do amazing. Um, Definitely. Yeah. yeah, we have, well, not just that. It's the whole cap. Yeah. That's um, some great stuff. I think I'd, there is a, there was a need for somebody who was, uh, more focused on it, I think. Um, mm. I, 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 think I think I'm going to step into Bill's uh, shoes right now uh, because, like, when you ask that question of, like, like what it was, uh, was that, like, like Bill is, is a very analytic, uh, very smart dude, very logical, very, like, cold and precise. Um, he, uh, he's the drier side of us. Um, he's the rougher, I'm the talker, he's the drier. Um, but like one of the things that he always said was, is like, one of the things is you, you do everything by the numbers and, and, and you like basically focusing on the details. Right. So like when we're opening a brewery, we wanted to open it in a place that made the most sense. Like, you, you know, like in Prince Edward County, like you can't find a place that makes more sense. Like there is a perceived quality of the county that helps. Well, even as, even aside from that, you have 12, going to be 13 breweries in the county. Um, people come here just to partake in beer, which means that you have their focus, right? It's not like, you know, the end of their day, they're just grabbing a drink. It's not like they don't have to go out of their way. Well, they do, but they like, they're coming here. Um, we fussed over how are we going to present this? You know what I mean? We, we all love getting those, you know, I love you. You guys are, are big on Mortalis and, and, and like love their art. You know, like you, you see a brewery like this and you, and you just, 
you see some of these things that these breweries do and you just get really inspired, right? But okay, we got to fuss over that. And like, we, we all agreed. We're like, listen, man, like we're not cutting corners on ingredients. We got to do the best beer. So like we wanted to make sure the beer was good. And we just like, Bill was very cool, calm, precise, making sure that every detail was the best we could do. Like we didn't mm. cut corners cause it was easy on anything. We just, you know, we like even the building, we didn't cut corners cause it was easy. We were in here. We didn't have heat. Uh, we didn't have a heat all winter last winter. Uh, we just worked <laughs> six days a week. Worked. Six six days a week in in very very cold. We 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 got power the first day of spring. We had old kerosene heater. The kerosene heater, but it was shit. We gave up on that <laughs> after a while. But the thing is, is 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 I think that like Bill, I would put Bill as the detail that like you know we're not going to compromise we, we on this. Really- we're not going to compromise on this. We're not going to compromise on that. And I think. Uh, and then just a whole shit ton of faith of just like, all right, well, we did everything the best we could. Here you go. Well, we also, especially when it came to production, the one thing that we said, we're like, let's give ourselves no excuses for making bad beer. Mm. So other breweries I've worked at when I didn't have control, it's like, oh, this beer would have been so much better if I had this or I could do this or I had that piece of paper. This coming to this project, that's like how I need to make the I, I, I need to, you know, be able to put a beer out and be like, there's no excuse for this to be bad. So we went with the reverse osmosis. So my water, I can't complain about my water. Um, my my brew house is pretty manual. It's like a big home brew system, which I love. Um, uh, hoses and pumps, it's not hard. I, we can take you on tour. Yeah, yeah, we can take you on tour, actually. But uh, it's, uh, like, it's... I can I can swap with pumps on the fly if I need. Like, there's no excuse that I can't make a good beer on that brew house. My fermenters are awesome. I oversize the shit in my chiller, so my beer, you know, I crash my beer, gets the temperatures I want, it holds the temperatures I want. Um, we're using we're using like we're using a canning company that is so good at packaging my beer with such good uh, oxygen levels in it that I, I even like some people might buy some here and leave it two or three months if they leave four months i'm still sure that beer's going to be drinkable might not be as fresh and juicy as those first three months but it's still it's not going to be an oxidized unbelievable product um i really wanted to represent ourselves like that in that way so we really set ourselves up for success in that kind of stage and and uh dumb luck absolute dumb luck well, we got to talk about our artists too. Our design. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sometime yeah, in the future, absolutely. we want to talk about our guy. I would love to talk. We, we'll get to that for sure because I think, like, basically, what I'm taking from this is that, and I agree, I think that the time I spent in the, in, uh, the county, there is some fucking phenomenal breweries. That's why one of the reasons I kept going back, and I know Nate had been as well. Um, like we actually considered buying a house there. That's what we were looking before we decided on Hamilton, to be fair. Oh, so that, that's oh. how much I loved it. We were talking to Justin, a matron, and he was showing us. He's like, look, we've got like 14 acres. See those trees there? That's how loud that we're like, yo, fuck, you can get that much land. So like, you know, we were, I'm very bad. I very much love the county. So I'm already sold on the place. And I feel like from a complete, just a consumer's perspective that what you're doing Whilst you are right, Ryan, that Slake is doing that to a degree and they're definitely killing it with the haze and they're killing it with the crispies and but like there wasn't a brewery exactly like you 
and you're filling a yep. gap. It's not like you're like, oh, here's the fourth or 15th hazy IPA brewery. That's all they do in the county. It's like, no, like you guys are doing that. Plus also you are the full package. I think last week we had six IPAs in the tap room. Love that. Says, yeah. like, Whoa, that's, that's like a dream that I yeah. had. Yeah. Yeah. Working the tap room last week, I felt like, like it was a bit embarrassing. It's like, so apparently we're obsessed with IPAs. That's <laughs> only thing you can get. Oh, we had a stout. We had, we had, a, stout. We had a or a nine percent stout. You can have a nine percent stout, or you can have an IPA. <laughs> I I don't know. I would. I'd be like. Funny sick. how that happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd be. Well, fuck. This is. I'm complaining. No, man. Like, let me pull up a seat there. God damn it. It's like I just feel like what you're doing. You guys are the full package, though. We'll, we'll get to the branding because I think. For a new brewery to have branding like this level exceptional is legitimately kind of rare, um, and especially and, and especially this early. Like we've seen um, uh, breweries go through rebrands that uh, like that have kind of taken uh, like brought them up um, next level, but uh, like but your branding is, like is quite unique and uh, like and really really. Um, they were really on point and kind of uh, they, they, like it really set like sets apart from a lot of like from a lot of other breweries, especially young breweries. I would say, hundred percent. And even just like the the um, I, I kind of feel like we're talking about it so much. We might as well just fucking talk about it. The, yeah, let's um, get into it. The like you know even just the I, I, for some I was actually thinking about this the other day, like thinking about your labels and that fire. Like even just the the difference you can even see in, if you're watching the video version, like the metallic part on on the ethereal here. There's a nice little like a like a parrot or a tropical bird. That's like the bird part is like metallic, metallic, so it's shiny. And the other, you know, like multi layered labels. Um, and what I'm and what I'm showing here, same with the skeleton on the softy can. Yeah, like uh, talk us through the. The thinking. I, I see you guys are kind of getting kind of low in beer. I saw you finish yours before, right? Yeah. The, did you want to go to the next one? Yeah, then we talk about it. it? Um, um, so we uh, again. I, I honestly think this might have been a little bit of dumb luck too. We um, we originally reached out like we're we're three dudes. None of us are graphic designers. We all have like very different tastes. Um, Not music. Not music, like music we're bang on. But the thing is, is like artistic. I think when we first started this, like we, we were all over the place as to what we were going to go with. And we, we tried, we started with one guy who just, we, I, I had known him through um, like an extended friend of a friend of a friend through the motorcycle community. And he was down in Vermont and we, we liked his vibe. So we, we gave it a go and it, you know, like a, initial offerings, we just weren't sold. And, uh, we, uh, well, we shot our shot. We slipped into the DMS of, uh, this guy named, uh, Michael Zavicky. Uh, Michael Zavicky. We had a, We did have a connection with him. With Chris yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a friend of Bill's was like, had put him on a list of people to, to consider, uh, Michael's worked for, um, a design firm in Ottawa called McMillan for 25 ish years. And it was one of those things where we just, man, the dude's like one of my buddies now. Like I talk to him like once a week online. He's uh, a solid dude, but he, we pitched him. We told him what we wanted and what we were thinking. And, and we just talked to him about who we are. And he, um, his, his firm does a lot of big corporate stuff. So he, he brought a lot of skills to the table where he, he knows how to work 
in big corporate level, like and 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 all the little details that matter to like a mega corporation. And so this is his this is what his bread and butter, and um, he's encouraged to uh, take side jobs to keep his creativity up and to try new things and to kind of spread his wings. And so he brought. Uh, Jacob Bryce, who's the creative director for the whole firm on, and the two of them worked together. And um, we'd like originally thought like we, we, we love music. And if we could take you, we kind of told them our identity. Yeah. We told them who we were. And like, if you could look like on the wall here, we've got a bunch of like screen print band posters, like numbered posters from different, different things. And they're all like cool art one off. And, and like, I think like for me, one of the things I might have said was like, I always talk about how these artists put out these like these prints using local artists that may never use them again. And they put out this cool, small product. And, you know, we always talked about how cool it was like going to different breweries and bringing cans back. I, I'm a nerd. I, I peel the label off and I put it into a little binder and I, I've got like my best beers and my, mm -hmm. my coolest labels at home somewhere. Uh, yeah. And, and so I guess like we, when we presented it, one of the things we wanted to present was like, like we use some, we use artists multiple times. Like we like the, we liked what creative, uh, what collective arts does with like representing different artists and stuff like that. But for us, it was like, we really wanted to tie the art to a specific brand. We wanted to use an artist multiple times because we, we, you know, it's it's kind of like representing your friends. Like I wanted to, like we've used one named Tyler Spangler probably five or six times. Um, we used a, a, a wonderful artist uh, who did the softy can, uh, Tahini. She goes by the artistic name Tahini Sauce. Wicked, wicked artist. Does some really cool stuff. And, and I guess like we wanted something that would represent the unique nature of each beer. Like the be the beer are all kind of tied together. Like there's similar styles, similar influences, different directions, but the, the art is as unique as the beer is, you know, like you spend all, Rob spends all the, like Rob, he doesn't, he sits at home and I swear to God, all he does is write out recipes. Like I'll bring him a beer from the States and he'll come in and give me the recipe the next day. Cause he'll sit and figure it out like longhand. Um, that's amazing. So this guy, like we, we sit and we fuss over these details. So like th this just hit home. Like, how do you like different art, something that like, you know, our West coast, uh, like, I don't know if you saw our other West coast. Um, and the West coast has like it, uh, there it's got the old school vibe. The, the other one, our other beer, high, high fidelity that we had, had like a tape player, a tape, like a tape deck spun out on it and it's it's kind of gives you that old school vibe you know like you know some a little bit of a throwback but with a modern style and so it's all collage but it's all like we didn't do the work man we just approved approve stuff we pick the art um with some supervision yeah the designer sends us different art from different artists um we kind of select uh we select the artwork and then we select the name Oh yeah, so people so, always ask, "How do you come up with a name?" No, no. What first happens is we brew a beer, we forget we need a label for it, <laughs> so then we we sit down and we look through a bunch of art. That was usually, yesterday. Usually, in a matter of five minutes, ten minutes, because we we keep a stockpile of stuff we like, we find one that fits, and then we spend we try and we just throw out names, hundred names before one sticks. And then you just know right away when something something sticks. It's one of the fun parts. You know what? It's not it, – it, 
it's just one of the fun parts. Of it, it's a lot of fun. Now we, you have to kind of like, it's like naming your uh, kid. You don't want to like, you, made, you don't want it to rhyme with something weird. Like, <laughs> like there's a few that I might've uh, renamed uh, the first time a group of um, ladies came in uh, who were near the end of their wine tour and had quite a few glasses. You know, when we had a beer called squeeze and we had a beer called softy and they said, we'll take three squeezes, but don't give us a softy. It, we regretted. We said we need to spend a little bit more time thinking about beer names. And theoretically, <laughs> in the future, we will. <laughs> I love it. Oh, but yeah. We what, okay. 20, 25, 26 years now. We've done an eight months. It's fun. So we're trying to do three to four a month now, uh, new releases. Okay. Uh, which. Yeah, it's uh, really pushing us. We're going to re-release beer starting this summer again. What, uh, uh, there's a bunch that people... Because we didn't start really shipping the bottle shops until... Well, Toronto Brewing used to take us. Durand and... Yeah, Durand used to come pick us pick up from us. Durand and Toronto Brewing were the first two shops that we uh, we sold to. So Yeah, That's they were nice. the only ones we were selling to at the very beginning. Both um, the homies. It wasn't yeah. until like the fall that we really put ourselves out there. And then, um, yeah. Well, that's the that's the one of the big questions we've been going over uh, a lot lately too. Is um, beer like the craft beer market in Ontario is very seems to be very driven towards new product. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of conversation because like there's a lot of beers that like you. How do you like? And I I'm sure the bigger breweries they they look they work by numbers, or maybe they work by feel or what it is, but um, that's always been a big question of ours and maybe you guys probably have a better thumb on the pulse of the, of, of things, but like you get breweries like, uh, Wood Brothers who's, who are putting out four new beer, uh, like new beer a week and you get, uh, wonderful breweries like Third Moon who's done like in two years have done like a couple hundred brew different beer. Um, you know, we sit here and like, you know, we enjoy coming up with labels, but there's always that. Well, that's the thing. So I wanted to, like, I, like, last week I had six IPAs. I would like to say all six of those IPAs were unique in their own way. Um, they weren't six of the same beers, which I'm not saying other people right. do. It's just, but how do, you, how do you plan and how do you, how do you present to the market? Because the thing is, it's you have like, to keep, yeah. Because, like, deep down, like, we, <laughs> we love these beers, right? Do you make a beer? Do you put all the time and effort into making this beer? Like, you, you know, like, uh, you know, ethereal that we just drank. We like, I, I, I look at it as like something that's amazing. Great. Mm. And do you drop it off and never put it back out again? All for the sake of, of the new beer push, or do you reintroduce it after so long or how do you do it? And it's, it's, I guess it's one of those big questions that we, you know, like me and sales and Robin brewing is, is something that we ask ourselves and, and I'm sure you guys see and think about uh, oh, yeah. too, because yeah. you have all these beers come across your desk. Oh, for sure. yeah. That, that, that is like, that is a, a question without a, like without a clear answer. Um, definitely. Yeah. And <clears throat> Bebo from like from third moon has taught, like has talked about this before with kind of the, uh, the pain of that, like of that very problem. Like, cause you he's talked before about having 
beers like um, like Continuous Blood, their uh, their Galaxy IPA, like which is a fan fave, or uh, like or you know Bone Tree, their uh, like what they consider their their flagship. Um, and uh, the ones that always have rave reviews and they'll get questions of like, you know, when are you bringing this back? And uh, uh, like, and all that. And they want to like, and they want to bring those beers back, but it's a case of every time they do, they sell at about a quarter of the clip of uh, like of anything new that they uh, like that they put out every time. So it's like, it's a case of that, you know, they want to give people what they want when they're asking for these beers to come back. But at the same time, how do you balance that out with the fact that like something new with a new name and, and like and a new label is going to sell for like four times as fast? There's no good answer to that. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the consumers. The fir- my favorite thing with this conversation, the first brewery I ever noticed that does it in the in what I think is the best way was Burlington Beer Co, where they would release their I don't know, however many different beers they had that were regular, like, you know, the, it's complicated being a wizard would drop like once every two months, three months. And it wasn't like, you know, maybe it was like your fave and you go there, you know, you'd be looking for new stuff. You're like, Oh, you don't have that. Cool. Or next time you go like, Oh, it's back. Okay. And they were the first people I saw doing that and, and blending because there's the, the, the side of the re- repeat beers was that, and I think you guys alluded to this earlier was the tweaking of the recipe. Like, kind of you just said ryan what do you make a beer that's as good as ethereal and be like done with you like that's seems redundant so if you can get these beers and tweak them and they'll just get better and better and better each time like maybe the hype purchases who are the you know the untapped folks who are going looking for the new stuff every week which is a portion of the market but it's not the only market they will probably more lean towards the the newer stuff but it allows like like Nate, like you were saying, like people are asking when it comes back. Now they might not like fly off the shelves like a new one, but it's gonna be this is the best oh man, this is the best version of Sufti you've had so far. Like and I think that is kind of a cool thing. And I've noticed though that after seeing Burlington do that many times, like for the for years, I've noticed that kind of everyone, even Masorum in Montreal, like they don't, they didn't used to do that. They do that now. I notice now they're bringing back all of these original beers. They might've done brand new beers exclusively for like 12 months or so. And then they started bringing stuff back. And I thought that I, when they started doing it, I was like, huh, interesting. And then you see third moon weren't doing that originally too. They were just pumping out new beers. And now they're doing the thing where they're bringing the same one back. Hey, like, the one was it called the dead of winter the lactose double ipa that just came out a few weeks ago they dropped that last year same time for the first time so now they're bringing it back and badlands been doing that from time doing the same beers but different versions so you might not get this exact beer you might not get ethereal for another 12 months so enjoy this shit while you can and so it's all about i think spreading it where it needs to be to to make people want that product now if maybe 12 months is a little extreme. Maybe some uh, SKUs are going to be 12 months. Some might be six, some might be three. And I guess it's sort of some sort of magical, you got to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And you guys can own, you guys haven't been open long enough to be able to even have that conversation yet. So I think it's still early days and you sh- and, and it's like, I don't think, I think the answer is there is no answer at all. Like, yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. keep trying. I think I think it's just experiment, try something. And, and I think that's kind of a lot of our experience here is like, you're right. Like Rob tweaks every single beer 
when he rebrews it, he always tweaks it because there's always something you, as you drink it, you get to know it. You're, and you, you, yeah. you, you, I make notes while it's fermenting. Well, after packaging, you make notes. I'm like, Hey, next time I brew this, they're doing this different. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got You have to evolve. You have to evolve the beers because if not, we'd all be drinking the same beers we were in 2000. Yeah, so, I think um, I like I, I, I think that's uh, oh sorry Nate no that's all right um, that seems to me like like the mark of someone who cares about like who cares about their product if you're finding something that you can tweak to make it better each time that, that like I I feel like that's like that's the sign of a good brewer and some like and someone who uh, like who cares about their product and the customer like and the customers definitely will see that if they're like you know if you're constantly changing it and making the like, making those tweaks so that each version of the beer is that like is the best that it can be if it's going to then it's going to keep getting better each time yes mm-hmm. like nothing's perfect so um, especially with for craft beer these days you have to be innovative. Um, you have to be on top of the new trends. You have to be, um, you know, you, you got to make the best product possibly every time. Facts. Um, definitely. And uh, I'm, I'm noticing, I'm enjoy- we're enjoying the conversation so much. We're uh, very, you know, pacing through the beers. Do you guys feel like you want to uh, break up the haze? Yeah, we got to move through it. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. get out. Let's move it along. So as, uh, Ryan was talking about earlier. We're going to move on to Euphonic, the West Coast IPA. Uh, if anyone is a regular listener or viewer, you know that Nate and I are West Coast themes. So this is very exciting. Um, I had your, I believe, what I believe was your first West Coast IPA, and it was yeah. So Euphonic. we did High Fidelity. Uh, That's what High Fidelity was. Okay, I couldn't we remember the name. Released that I guess September, maybe, maybe late August. So it was yeah, a it was a real classic, right? And what is the difference between High Fidelity and now Euphonic? Yeah, so High Fidelity was it was a it was a true West Coast. So I mean that was that was Simcoe, Cascade, Citra. Okay, it was full on what seventy IBUs, seventy five IBUs had crystal malts in it. We're just just the way we used to I used to brew IPAs back in 2012, 2013. Right. Um, it was excellent. I really, you know, using the water profile I wanted and using on the equipment that really I knew how to use, um, really, really made that into an exceptional, like classic West Coast. Mm-hmm. I would say the uh, euphonic that we have here today, though, this would be my take on a modern West Coast. Ooh. So, um, why I call it modern? Um, I first heard about this style, uh, beer and brewing magazine. Um, North Park did a little article on this style. So it's when they say modern, they use new brewing techniques as incognito. Again, this has the mosaic incognito in the whirlpool. Um, the first dry hop in this is something is a newer hop called Talus. Yes. It was an HBC hop not too long ago, just got a name a few years ago. So Talus is the daughter of Sabro. Really? So Savaro hops, hmm. a lot of people know them. But they're very that coconut flavor, very yep. uh, overpowering hop. Mm-hmm. I like yep. this one because it has all that same kind of flavors. It's like creamy, coconutty, piney, um, but not as overpowering as a Savaro would be. Uh, mm. 
the 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 beer, the beer that I had though, uh, Ronnie was down in the U.S. I guess last summer uh, in October. October and picked up uh, some beers from Fidens Brewing Company. And we had their new style West Coast, which was excellent. It was uh, it kind of opened my eyes to like what a West Coast beer actually had the potential to be. Mm. So uh, it's lower IBU. So this is around. 50, 55 IBUs in that range. Um, we heavily um, dry hopped it at the beginning of fermentation with Talus. Talus is what I, I remember mentioned it. Cashmere uh, mentioned that would be more of like almost a texture hop. I, I described Talus as even being more so of a texture hop, where it's mm-hmm. actually adding like almost a perceived body to the beer. Um, you almost get like a creaminess that is from it's it's not that sabro coconut cream it's kind of like this pine cream that comes through on it um it's definitely uh it's definitely a hop that i've i I love now uh using it i think if used correctly it could add a lot to a beer and make it very unique um again we went for something that was similar to a traditional but Sorry, uh, just tell us to shut the fuck up. No, no, no. Uh, so we can cheer <laughs> properly. didn't want to interrupt you. Cheers. I don't want to interrupt at all. This is no, fascinating. I, talk I just want to keep – no, no, no. Please don't apologize. I want to just sip this as you're talking about it because this is uh, fascinating. So I want you to keep going. Mosaic, Incognito, and Talus. Was there a third hop? Excuse my ignorance. Yeah, so it also had uh, Simcoe and Citrat near the end of fermentation. Mm-hmm. So okay. that gives it that kind of classic kind of citrus pine flavor too. Okay. Um, what I think it combines to make is kind of like a unique take on the West Coast. Ooh, it's not right. sweet. It has a perceived sweetness that I feel like you get from the hops and from that kind of lower that lower IBU in in the West Coast. Um, we're really happy with it. Our customers actually are really happy with it too. So this is one that I really want to keep. If not the same beer, keep going on that new style West Coast um, trend. Yeah, um, hopefully, maybe it's not a trend now, but hopefully, make it a trend. Ooh, this is fantastic. This is yeah. really good. It's got like real light bitterness too. Um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, definitely lighter on the bitterness. Um, it doesn't have that kind of dryness that you would get from that classic west coast and that's a lot mm-hmm. to do with the water profile as well mm. so um like i mentioned we use reverse osmosis so we can do high so we can change mm. the ratio we look at is chloride to sulfites uh, sulfates um so if the, the the lower the sulfate the higher the chloride it's more smooth and creamy if i was to go the opposite go higher sulfate lower on the chloride it'd be more of that um more of that kind of sharp crispy bitterness perceived right almost so nice. one of the advantage we have in this facility is uh that water so we can tailor that mouthfeel how we wish yeah man. No, this that's dope. definitely one of those um kind of underappreciated aspect uh, like aspects of beer and one, uh, like and one that i feel like not um not enough people talk about is that, that, that like is how much uh, water ca- can impact um, uh, the, like the flavor uh, and quality of a beer. And for 
like how the, like the attention to that kind of detail can really can really change um, like a beer's profile a lot more than you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like this was, and this is maybe a silly thing to describe it as, but because it's so like like fruity um, and approachable compared to you know what, what you guys were talking about earlier when people come in and be like, I don't like IPAs. That this is what they're talking yes. about. But this is like a gateway West Coast. Like, if there's people who are maybe used to haze and are not, you know, used to having that softer mouthfeel and, and not being punched in the tongue with hops, whether it's bitterness or these more extreme flavors, like this kind of like hits it in like it's it's clearly a West Coast. You can tell immediately it's a West Coast, but it's it's like all the things compared to say the high fidelity that, like you said, would have been more old school. All of those are like dialed back a little bit, whether it's the bitterness, whether it's any sweetness, whether it's any pininess, like all of those things are a little more just like, you know, brought to the center a touch and it sort of would not turn somebody off. I mean, maybe if you're not used to any bitterness, someone could try this and they would go to fuck that's bitter. But I still feel like this is like a, a more approachable option. So have people... Have you guys had experiences in the tap room where you've given this to to people and they've been like, "Whoa, what is this? Why is this so good?" When they're expecting to not like it. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, it was nice because uh, we were doing flights last week and I, we actually had four different IPAs on. And definitely, this was the standout of the IPAs. It's, it was of not the hazy style, mm-hmm. and I was actually surprised how much of this we sold to go. Just because of that, um, it's it, it, it's when the options are all hazies, it's nice to have one that's, um, you know, it's a change, but it still has those same qualities as the hazies as far as the approachability. I I always like putting beers in front of people and not telling them what it is. Um, the benefits of owning a brewery, and and I think that it's like focusing on a happy customer rather than a dollar in the pocket is that yeah. you just pour a pile. Like the best is like when we have like full tap line, you can just pour like, like my fav- absolute favorite thing about the brewery is being able to, and it goes back to beer is like when you get a couple that comes in and you can just pour six samples of all the beer you have on tap and just put it in front of them. Like they're not buying this. There's no expectation. It's just here. Let's let's chat. And the thing is, is is you're you're getting people who are open. They're up for trying whatever, and you're putting something in front of them. Like like I, I think like and it, it perfectly correlates with the the new West Coast is that you put it in front of them. If you told somebody who even like who's into beer what it is you start to form all your preconceptions and, and when yeah. you get to just put the beer in front of somebody. And I think that's what this beer I think kind of represents for, for me. And when I'm selling it is that you're putting it in front of somebody and they don't exactly know what a new style West coast is. They don't know what they're looking for. And I think that that gives us the benefit of just like Rob talking about it. He's just, he's, he's, thinking of how he wants it to taste, not what the style tells him it should be. Hmm. And I think then, then you get some honest reviews, you get some, you get honest feelings, 
you get people going in without bias and you get, you get people uh, giving you that good feedback and, and really getting into the beer. So that's, that's for me, euphonic and, and the West coast, like that's, that's the area I'm looking forward to exploring. Cause it's, it's an area without preconceptions, I guess. Hmm. I think having um, like having that kind of experience without preconception is valuable, no matter where, like no matter who you are and where you are, kind of in like in your beer journey, because it's. I mean, like like we were talking about the perception of haze and like and kind of what the level of that does to our expectations, uh, like of the beer and whatnot. Um. If you like, if you kind of go into it without being told, you know, this is a double IPA with three different kinds of citra in it, or this is uh, like, or this is uh, like, you know, this has mosaic um, incognito and cryo, uh, uh, like, and all of these things, or we're calling this uh, uh, like a new style West Coast and whatnot. You definitely form a lot of preconceptions in that before it's even touched your tongue. So. Uh, like and and that could be true of someone who's been into craft year for ten years, or so, uh, like or someone who's been drinking Bud Light their whole life and uh, mm. like and, and thinks they don't like IPAs. So there's definitely something to be said for that. I think because uh, you're letting someone form their like form their own opinions and uh, like and thoughts on something without. Without kind of tainting it with any, of, like, with, with any of those preconceptions. Yeah, like you say, let the product speak for itself. There's something really to that for sure. That's, I think that's the cool thing about craft beer now is, is there's a lot of, uh, like Matron's big on it. Matron, Matron puts, has different beer styles on their, on their can and it really throws you. It's like, I love like that. You get the, I love that. <laughs> I do. I, I, I think it's great because the thing is, 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 if you're told something, okay, so like if you're told this beer is a hazy, you're like, oh, we have a hazy IPA, and I this has happened instantly compared, and 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 I get a hazy IPA, and it's as clear as this beer. You're instantly like you're instantly turned off, and it changes. Yeah, is that beer bad? No, not necessarily. It's it because like be. if you're, yeah. So I think I think it's pretty great how fluid and how um, innovative people are with the beer styles and, and adjusting this, adjusting that, playing with this, playing with that, and just kind of um, like, you know, the cold IPA and all the different things that are, are coming out. It, it gives you, it gives you a chance to explore new avenues without bias, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I guess that's part of the, once again, you guys are in a unique position being where you are because you got the, like you said, the different, you know, wine tour groups and, and the tour buses and, and, and such coming by to be able, you know, full of people who are looking for a new experience and to be introduced to it. So it's like you guys out there, just for the fact you're in a region that is typically quite touristy, obviously, mostly in the summer, but it doesn't really stop. Um, are really playing a big role in introducing new people to craft beer as a whole. Obviously it impacts your business, but it impacts the industry. What the way that you guys introduce people to it, um, which is kind of a bit of a burden to hold, I guess, but uh, you know, it's not just you guys out there. That's pretty, that's pretty sick though, to be able to sort of introduce folks to, to things like that. Did, did the high fidelity sell as much as this euphonic or do you think this is 
people are gravitating more towards this because it's a lot uh, more restrained. Euphonic's definitely getting more um, better reception, I would say, than the West Coast. The West Coast was fun and like it was a great beer. It was like I, I described it, it was like 2010 in class. Right. It was a perfect representation of what a good West Coast was back in the day. Cascade, all the way on the dry hop, Simcoe Whirlpool, like it was excellent beer. I really liked it. I really liked everything about it. I have a soft spot in my heart for that classic kind of West Coast IPA. That's really what got me into beer. Right. Um, but this new style, man, is so much better. And, and it so really it, is. It's, it's, a, it's a superior. Sales-wise, it's, it, honestly, it's sales-wise, it's really, as this is why one of the reasons we waited a little bit to, to come chat with you guys is, uh, I like, in my opinion, as a sales guy, I think it's too early to say. I mm-hmm. think that, like, the we had a lot of people who really liked High Fidelity. So I think that it was like it's kind of that nostalgia. It's the same reason. Yes. I, it's the same reason I still go and grab a couple bottles of Shadow Ice, and and drink those. Is there's a lot of nostalgia to it, but and this beer here, I think it's 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 got a lot of different takes and a lot of uh, people um, receive it like in a better way, maybe. But like, I still think it's too soon to say we're gonna have to make more of each and see how it goes. Mm, yeah, that's we'll true. go over that next time when you're here. Oh yeah, I like that. I like that. release at the same time. That would be great, actually. I would love that. We'll do a little West Coast collab too. So like, Nate and I super high school. Yeah, that could be fun. Seriously though, like we did a podcast. I don't know, late last year, I believe. Nate, you're I'm fucking terrible with time. And yeah, it was November. It was November, and we can. We just had. We, we focused just on one style. We talked about West Coast IPAs because it was, you know, if you did any, like, it was something that we're passionate about. And coming from Quebec, there was a few, but not a ton. Coming into Ontario, there's a few, but not a ton. So we just mm-hmm. tried to pull some ones that are pretty relatively easily available, and it's so few and far between. Like it wasn't like we had list to choose from. Like, oh, what should we do? It was pretty easy for us to decide which beers to include in the episode, which shows yeah. the the sort of lack of West Coast uh, representation as a whole um, in a, in the scene, at least between the two provinces. I mean, we can't speak. I know if you go to BC, I'm sure it's like, according to my friends and from what I've seen out there, there's a lot more regular West Coast IPAs, which makes sense. Um, but like, I think the market. It just like this works within the brewery space to break up a flight of a bunch of hazy IPAs. It does the same in the marketplace. And I think it's like, it's really cool to see this and it's, but it's still so few and far between when I know someone, I think third moon dropped one last week and I was like, yo, West Coast. That's like not a flagship from someone. Fuck yeah, let's go. Like, um, if I wasn't sick, I would have left out and got it. So like, it's like a, it's very cool that you guys are doing this and that you're doing multiple West Coasts because there's not many breweries that do that. Um, and I think that's really important, particularly like, you know, coming from, from Montreal, like Sankey and Baron in, in Gatineau, they do like a, a suite of like eight different West Coasts. And they're the only people I've ever seen to do that. So I feel like they're like on the extreme, like, yeah, we fuck with West Coast heavy and they, they do that. But out here, there's just not a lot. And I just think it's like it's important for a well-rounded palate and for sort of you know to break up the haze fest. I love the haze fest. Obviously, all all four of us do. 
But this is so welcome, man. It's so welcome. Can I, can I point something out to you? Yeah, please. So I noticed we're declaring our IPA, not even like our AZs. We declare, declare them as IPAs these days. My West Coast on my menu, I have to put West Coast IPA. I feel like six, seven years ago, be completely <laughs> opposite. When yeah. an IPA was different than what it is now, as far as what you expect. Yeah. That's Dude. such a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I cuz I could definitely see the, the like with the way the like with the way the trends have turned like if people just see IPA uh, and like particularly if they're beer nerds if they're just seeing IPA and you like and you pour it out and like and it looks like this they're going to say what the fuck bro. Because they're expecting, because <laughs> they're expecting something that they wouldn't be able to read a book through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is interesting. And that's a great point. That that's how much the 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 the, the vocabulary of the scene has well, changed. Well, just in uh, just in the past five years, how much the industry yeah. changed like that? Oh, yeah. for sure, man. I remember getting into hazies in maybe twenty late twenty sixteen. Cause I wasn't able to travel for a long time due to immigration. Yeah. So I was kind of landlocked for a bit and I kept seeing all this stuff come in. And I know that like I was, I was in Montreal, nobody in Quebec at all were doing um, hazies. And I know that, you know, I found juice and sawdust cities juice and first. And I was like, Whoa, what the fuck is this? And when I was able to travel, went to Vermont and was like mind blown. Uh, and then come back and it was just really kind of like, it was a slow grind and, over maybe a year or so and then it kind of became the norm by 20 then, i think by the summer 2018 yeah everyone in ontario had hazy correct and if you yeah. did like yeah i remember and that was the summer 100 i agree wholeheartedly because i remember desperately searching for it in 2017 and nobody had it we even we did like a whole thing in michigan no one in michigan had them at all there was one brew old nation was the only brewery in 2017 that were doing hazy ipas nowhere else did like michigan were like fuck that shit which i think is like respect do you think guys mm -hmm. um but it was cool to see that change and now it's like completely flipped like you and you have to note that it's the west coast because otherwise people would be like, what are you giving me here it's um it's an interesting thing to 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 kind of manage do you guys get so people often, Nate and I have talked about this before on the pod and, and on now when we were doing the Instagram lives, like what people call like the, the ticker culture, like the untapped folks who were just looking for the new beers and maybe more the hype folks. Do, do they frequent the brewery? Like I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is are you guys sort of like categorized under the sort of like the trendy hype folks because you do predominantly do IPAs and hazy IPAs of that for the most part? We get a good mix. We yeah, we definitely have a, a good mix. Like I think, good. The only reason I can say yes that we've got a few of those people through because it's hard to tell. Like when people come in, it's you don't know who you're getting. Is uh, originally we started off with four packs. We'd only sell four packs only of of the same brand. Um, we were new. There's only three of us at work here. Like there's me, him, and Bill. We're either working the tap room, brewing beer, selling beer, doing the books. Like we're everything. And uh, we thought, okay, this will be easier. And we also like, like philosophically, we're thought, thinking, oh, well, you know, like four packs, like it gets people into the brand. You know what I mean? If you have one and done, you don't get to know a beer. You don't know if that's their eighth beer, sixth beer, first beer. And uh, I do know that it, 
and you can't change, like we can't change your computer system on the fly. And uh, I know a few people came in looking to get one of this, one of that, one of that. All the stuff they haven't checked in. And, and, and like we said, like, well, we only sell four packs. So like, if you want to, and like, we're always really good. Like, like I'll pour you a full, like sam- like six ounce sample glass of each. If you need to make up your mind free on me, just go, you know, go make up your mind. But mm-hmm. uh, a couple of people got mad at us and, and uh, left the brewery and didn't buy anything. Um, so I would say that those would be the, that they would fall under that, I guess. Um, but like other than no, that, we get, a, we get a good amount of, um, to, you know, people traveling between Ottawa and Toronto. We're an yes. easy stop. We're 20 minutes off. But like, but for the hype, like, you get the people picking up the, yeah. I don't like know. our buddy's, our buddy's son is pretty hype on us. That makes me feel like we're hype. Like <laughs> but other than that, like, dude, I, like it's we, fun looking at the on task scores every now and then. But we try, try not, not to focus. try not to look at those. Okay, um, it's better not to. Yeah, we've Here we've had see. people live stream uh, shitting on us from our brewery right in front of us. Um, so after that, we just don't look. Yeah. What they, what's the problem? Anything specific, or just they're being dicks? No, I don't know. I, I think everybody kind of has their opinion, their goals and all that. And the thing is, is you, can't please you can't please everyone, but you know what? Like, and I, I've said to you guys, I said to Nate, I gave him some, some pints there when I met up with him and, and I tell all my accounts and everything, uh, good or bad. Like we want to hear the feedback. Like the thing is, is we're an echo chamber. Like me, Rob and Bill, we're an echo chamber, you yeah, know? It. So yeah. it, it, it's, we want to hear, like, if someone's going to shit on a beer, then shit on it, man. I want we, to we hear it. I, I want think to, we're our own biggest critics. Yeah, I think we, so. We shit ourselves. We're going to take, take that to heart because the thing is, is we want to know, like, if there's something about this beer, like, uh, that, like, you have some, like, feedback, whether, like, the thing is, whether it's voiced and, like, this is shitty beer or this is whatever, like, you got to filter it out and look to see, okay, is there anything I can positive I can take from that? And you know what? If you close off, we've if had, you close off to things before the majority year, of the feedback is exceptionally good, like way more positive than we ever yeah. had. Okay. Yeah, we're pumped that anybody likes us. Hey, man. Like, I'm not, Sorry, I'm on that note, I do have to use the washer. Please. please. Yeah, you can go. I'll, I'll take over. Go for it. No, it's so good. There's, I forgot to tell you all beforehand, just when you need to go, you got to go. Um, no, I like that though, man. Like, I, like, I don't like that part of the chicken culture. Cause I, I feel like beer, even though there's people like Nate and I, who kind of have these you know platforms and we yap about beer or whatever, like we know that we are not the ultimate arbiters of what good beer is. Like we feel like we have a pretty decent palate, but at the end of the day, neither of us are Cicerones or BJCP or actual fucking experts. We've just speak to a lot of people like you guys who are smarter than us and know more than us. And we do that a lot. And we try a bunch of stuff and we know what we like and we kind of have an idea about it. So I feel like it's very difficult to sort of be that like this beer is unequivocally shit. I mean, sometimes it's true, but like it's really difficult, but not very often. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't like that non-constructive stuff. Like Nate and I always try to have like a very positive approach and stuff. And if there's something we really, really don't like, we just won't post about it. Like there's, there's no, there's no point. I, I you know what? I, I guess like a, the positive outlook on it is always like, um, 
ticker culture or not, like it's a community. And I think that craft beer has created a bunch of little communities. This brewery, the whole goal of how we've set everything up, like it's the idea of the community, like the going down to the pub to have a beer and knowing that there might be a couple, like, you know, you know, 25 people who at any given time, one or two of them will be there. Yeah. And we can sit and talk with them in the community. Right. And talk about the beer. And you know what? Like everybody sat at the bar and listened to your buddy's shit opinion about music. They, they might like rush and not realize how shitty rush is as a band. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, is, the thing is, is you, you can't hate somebody for their opinion. You Thanks, just Henderson's for the uh, products you sent me. Like, <laughs> but, uh, I got and a guitar pick. But you, you know, it's it's it, good or bad, like shallow, misinformed, way off kilter. It's good to listen to these opinions. It's like sitting in a bar room, somebody reviewing this, that, or anything, right? And I think that that's something that's you know, it's really adding something awesome to uh, craft beer. Like it's adding something awesome that we can, you know, you can see these beers that are checked in you, and you can hear this shitty review. You can go drink it and be like, I agree with that. Or I don't agree with that. And, you know, bar room, bar room discussions have, have started over just the same thing. Right. So um, it is what it is. I think that's, uh, I think that's the right attitude to have. And I think yeah. that's probably it, like, it's probably one of the only ways the, the, like that's probably one of the only attitudes that you can have um, in this scene. Uh, the, like, it, in order to be able to endure it a little bit, because C and I have seen, uh, like, like have seen that some corners of this scene can, like can get very, very toxic. Um, <laughs> like, in a number of ways, like, and just absolute savage bullshit that's not helpful to anyone. At, like that if you would be hard pressed to find anything constructive to take out of it. Um, but if you're willing to filter through that bullshit to like, and even if there is something constructive that you can take out of a shitty comment or whatnot, and if you can have a bit of a thick skin about it, I think, um, I think that's uh, like, I think that says a lot about uh, like about your attitude towards this and, um, will like like and i think it will serve you well like in this scene some breweries have it worse than others um like 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 there's some who people will either go full throttle absolute love or if there's one thing like or if there's one thing that doesn't meet their expectations everything okay there There, uh there was a bat uh we don't know where it came from there's a bat wire in this Oh shit! I'm just making sure it doesn't land on me. Oh you don't yeah, want that. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's first. what it's like in the county, man. <laughs> just that winter back. Yeah, should have the back door open, I guess. Uh oh. I hope he's okay. I think you'll be fine. He's been living here, I think, for a little bit. Okay, so he's doing all right. He must be terrified. That's okay. I'm probably droning on a little bit, a, a, a little bit, anyways. But. Uh, um, like, see knows what like knows what I'm talking about here. Like, just yeah. kind of how toxic the scene can get sometimes, and how savage and uh, like and unforgiving the scene can be a little bit. But if you're willing to kind of look for 
the nuggets of uh, like of wisdom that can be taken away from uh, the, the, like from even the shittiest of feedback. I think that's uh, like that's something that can um, uh, like that can serve you well. One of the things that, things that I think is great about you guys being in the county is that it being a tourist area, you're going to get. Uh, they, and I'm sure you've seen this, that you're going to get all kinds of folks in there. Like you said, you get people who are finishing up a wine tour or like, or, you know, you'll get the folks who are, um, in there just for a weekend in the County and they're discovering this new beer called all like this new brewery called all my friends for the first time. Um, like the fact that you're going to be able to get that many different kinds of people of different exposure to the beer world coming through your door, I think is a pretty great thing. And the kind of feedback that you can get from that will be so much more varied as a result. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially, yeah, uh, people come from all over here. It's not even, uh, it's not just Toronto and Ottawa either. It's people from all over Canada come out here. Um, internationally, uh, we get quite a few people from, uh, actually, we get quite a few people from the Montreal area. And it's funny because uh, there's Definitely a different market for beer in Quebec than than uh, Ontario. Definitely gravitate to the higher ABV, the double IPAs. Uh, Do they have one? They, they, yeah, it's it's funny. It's a it's it's definitely a different market to them. They're definitely more per, uh, perceptive of those the, the style of beers that we do compared to the Ontario market. And talking to other breweries, like talking to Wood Brothers and stuff, who are so close to that market. And they're yeah. like, it's definitely like a different monster over there than I would say out here, but then Ontario, but yeah, being in the County, we kind of get a piece of it all. It is, is for awesome. sure. And, uh, it, like, and see, and I know the Quebec scene pretty well, uh, like with him having lived in Montreal for 10 years and, and uh, like, and me being Ottawa, I'm, I'm like, you know, just across the river from them and I, oh, and yeah. I have, and, and have quite a bit of exposure there. In the last, uh, like in the last three to four years, with kind of the hype scene exploding there, catching up and even surpassing a lot, uh, like a lot of the scene in Ontario on that front, they like there's definitely a subset of the Quebec scene that like has kind of really exploded into that area of like looking for the deep, as like you say, um, it, like in the last little bit. Uh, like probably the quieter section of the market is uh, the, the, like is actually more leaning towards the lower ABV side, uh, the like side of things. But yeah. the hype boys in uh, like in Quebec are the, like are very much all about that, like, all about the heavy haze these days. And you guys are on their radar strongly. I remember when you guys first came out. I had some friends out there who were visiting the county and stuff and and it was it was you guys were in the conversations uh where they had like the quebec traders are some of the most intense trading beer trading people i've met and they you know you're vented into their trading world and people are like excited to to get hold of that shit it's it's fascinating even for me i lived there for a long time and i would just be on the outside do i just one connect who had a, a network of proxies everywhere. And even now I still get him stuff from here because we do a lot of, there's been a bunch of barley wine and stuff. These guys like the double barrel age, $27 bottles of barley wine and shit. Yeah. So I've been Bar- getting- Barley wine is probably, is a fucking great beer, man. Barley wine is it, awesome. It really is. I've only been turning oh, yeah. to it the last- For the month of December, it's awesome. 
and, and that's it. It's the time. Except it's in December. Quebec. I it's my entirely one time. In I Quebec is July. Back and like the two least sellable beers, Doppelbox and Barley Wines. Uh, that's I, I like. I secret. I just want to brew it, but it's like nobody's buying. Who's buying these? Who's buying them other than us? Uh, is it Third Moon just a double buff? I really want to try it. I really want to try that too. That oh, looks yeah. rad. That looks so good. I love double buff. It really does. Yeah, they go hard. Well, Quebec uh, is going to okay. be the market. Yes. So, Next. fellas, um, we're, we're, we've still got two more beers to get through, and I think, uh, like, and I think we're coming up on an hour forty here. We should get into uh, hour fifty-five so, to number four here. <laughs> so, chug, chug one, sip the next. <laughs> How about chug them all? Ah, this is why I want to sit down and have a beer with you guys. Great. <laughs> Next up is this glorious IPA continuum. Oh yeah, this is uh, this is glorious. Well, this we'll do, one, we'll do the cheers first, and then I'll talk about. It. You know what? Look at that. See, we're learning. Do you know what the funny thing is? Is that, that we have to take our photos, but we can still mm-hmm. cheers and then take the photos. Cheers and then photos, and then I'll talk while you're doing photos. Yeah, you go. I like that. I know I need a piss. I want to follow in your footsteps, uh, Rob. That'll work. Okay. So continue on. This is, uh, so we released this, uh, what, two weeks ago? A week ago? Whatever. Where last last release was. So this was released alongside uh, Ethereal, the Mosaic IPA. Okay. Uh, it's funny releasing two hazy style IPAs at the same time. You want to make them both different, so that's what we tried to go for. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Me for it. Cheers, guys. Get that in you. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ooh. All right. So uh, this one I would not describe as dank. No. no, this is definitely more on that softy style where it's more that yes. going for that extremely smooth, creamy mouthfeel. Yes. Yep. So, so uh, I, I, again, um, so- this is hopped with um, it's hopped with Amarillo Cryo, Citra Pellet, and then in the Whirlpool, it had a little bit of Talus. So Talus again was what we used in the West Coast. I described it as that texture hop again, where it actually yep. gives it almost that, it adds that velvety mouthfeel. Um, this one like also 6.2%. So same yes. ABD, same kind of finishing gravity. So this one has, I would say, a higher perceived body than the last beer, the last AZ IPA you had from us, the Ethereal. Um, that's due to the, the way the hops are layered. Okay. So this one has more of the hops layered at the early during fermentation. So you kind of get more of that, um, by those bio transformations that makes it that kind of creaminess. Um, the flavors this one has is more, I guess, more of that citrus grapefruit, not, not much berry to it. Uh, I don't know. How would you describe it? I just, I taste the towels. Yeah. So yeah, you get that. It kind comes with a good flavor. Um, a bit of coconut from the Dallas as well. Yeah. This one, I think, like just bet- bet- between this and the last one, uh, uh, Ethereal, you just, you know, like to me, like we were drinking these both from the tank, and mm-hmm. you notice a lot of the, I, I noticed the body. Uh, whereas, in like, I, I always felt like Ethereal was like 
Ethereum was like the it, it was like a very crushable IPA that had all the flavors you wanted from the IPA, but still somehow was like like it had a little like less body, like it was a little thinner, I guess. Right. Whereas this one gives you that nice thick and creamy, uh, it, like kind of feel that you kind of want when you take like a like a sip from a hazy and you sip it. We were going for that kind of velvety, silky yeah. Yeah, what I get on like what I get on this, I, I, I definitely do taste the coconut coming off the uh, talus there, and then when combined with the kind of citrus zest um, thing that's also coming off of it as well, it's almost giving me a vibe of like a key lime pie kind of thing with the uh, like with it coming oh, off yeah. so yeah, they, like so. Yeah, creamy. no, the, the, it's cool. This beer, this beer is young, so obviously, like each week now, like having this one today, I'm like. Compared to packaging day, it's already changing. Like it's already getting smooth and out a bit more. That's the uh, that's the thing about these beers is like uh, when you're like every like when you come in for a shift, it's nice to take like a little pour of each because I, I I find the flavors in, in them like evolve so well. I think like we did uh, a double. We did bougie juice was like a perfect example. Like the beer you had when we first put it out versus like a month later like you're getting so many different flavors and every week you're kind of like picking up different notes like even this it's like i'm getting a little bit more like uh the euphonic i picked up a lot more of the talus i think we're finding around the third or fourth week mark is when it really is kind of like it's peak mm. not that it's bad okay. before or after it's just kind of has that well different flavors that come peak forth, of that take the smoothness stage. to how much flavor is coming through it's yeah. kind of the ratio now that makes sense. So at the, like what a fresh beer you have, it might have a ton of flavor coming through that you want, but not be as smooth as you want. If you, if you age it for about three weeks after packaging, it's got all that flavor and that smoothness. Right. right. Interesting. Now this is great, man. I'm definitely getting everything you guys are saying. A little bit of earthiness in there as well. I feel like there's like a yeah. I wouldn't. I don't know if I, I wouldn't call it bitterness, but it's kind of like that grassy herbal type of thing, which must be the. I don't know if that, is that still the talus or is that like amarillo? Oh, uh, that'd probably be the amarillo, to be honest. Okay, that makes sense. That's more that kind of uh, on that spectrum of the hot flavors. It's it's fire. It's, like you're saying, it's very. It's great to have now, you know, we're four IPAs deep, three of them being hazy, and they're all very, very different beers, which is something yeah, we sure. were saying before. That's kind of what we wanted. As, as an IPA house, that's what you kind of want to hear. Very much so. Yeah, like, you know, they're all got their own unique characteristics, different bodies, um, you know, different sort of notes that kind of shine through. Definitely the citrus, like Nate, you were saying on this one. Um really creamy and chalky a little bit nice and dry or like dusty i like to call it like sort of uh at the end there um yep. the, the drier the better with these things yeah man this is super crushable once again wicked abv 6.2 is like a nice money zone i love yeah we're kind of finding that to be our pocket it's kind of like, like that. that lower sixes nice. it's kind of has, has everything going for it eight to nine and a half that's <laughs> Bill and I have that's right. Pocket, I guess. <laughs> so me and Rob are the well, we, we're, we're we're different we're different drinkers, right? So the thing is, is like I I I like Rob and Bill will have a few more. Like I'm really like a one 
then this maybe a second if the first one went well. Um, I don't. These guys have never seen me drunk, uh, and I'm I'm thinking I can keep that up for a couple more years. Um, <laughs> but that's that's I guess that's the difference. You know, I want that one big barley wine, and then go okay, nice. And we're done here. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's more my speed as well. Interesting. Yeah, it's, isn't that, isn't it, I think that's fascinating though. Like, I think that's really cool because the, you know, there's four of us here. It seems like there's, you know, we're like half, half as far as the way we like to drink. But I think that's so cool about beer that like there's these different nuances and sort of pockets of consumers who drink in very different ways and they allow for the existence essentially of all of these other things, you know, like I'll fuck with a double. Like I'm looking forward to the next one, to be honest. I've been wanting to try this for a while, but like they're not my my preference. This is definitely more my my zone. But it's like it's just so cool that you're able to sort of make these things that sort of hit everyone in a different way. Um, I find, I still I just find that I find that fascinating. Really, like that everybody drinks so differently, and that allows for the existence of these different sort of you know tiers, I guess, of of maybe strength of beers, and then you can change all the flavors up between them. It's, it's very cool, man. Particularly in a brewery like you guys where, you know, you are doing a lot of an, of one particular style and allows you to kind of like really differentiate and target the different consumer in, in different ways. And everyone's drinking very uniquely, I guess. Well, I think, I think we're evolving as a, as a culture, right? Like you go to like a European culture where alcohol has been around and it's not, the novelty like the goat and get hammered was isn't as big of a thing it's about enjoying the drink and all that i and from what i got from it when i was there is and he, here like growing up and i think it's a lot different now like i've talked to uh, i call them the youth but like i'm 40 now they're in their 20s like the when kids. i was in my 20s it was like you drink a lot of beer like uh like yep. you go out being social and, and it was nothing to have six, seven or more beers. And, and that was a thing. And that was like, like it was the social norm, I guess. And I think like you can even see with the dry January, dry February with those ridiculous drink standards, the two drinks a week is supposed to be healthy. No more, no less. Um, but I think it's changing. I think like the perception on alcohol is changing. And I think that, like, you, you know, that's where craft beer really allows you to broaden that, where, like, you can enjoy just having that one beer or the two beer or the six beer or, uh, or more, whatever. And I it think it's just making – it's normalizing. You're, I, I think you're absolutely on the money there. The, and, like, the way that uh, – drinking habits are talked about is like is certainly evolving um that's something that i've talked about quite uh, like and written about quite a bit over the uh, like over the last couple of years and i've seen it change quite a bit um like a couple of years ago the way the conversation was going was like was almost that like things like dry January and even talking about health and drinking habits was mocked more than it, like more than it was uh, like, and just laughed at more like more than it was kind of encouraged. Um, But like, but that, but that is changing. It's like, it's definitely moving in the other direction where 
moderation is being taken a little bit more seriously. Health and drinking habits is like is kind of coming more towards the realm of sensible moderation, um, like landing somewhere in uh, landing somewhere in the middle of uh, like of the ranges of you know the Health Canada guidelines, like you say, of no more like no more than two or three a week. Um, but uh, like, but also finding some room for habits like dry January and whatnot. I mean, the thing that blew my mind this year was that like by a hefty margin, there were more breweries in Ontario making non-alcoholic um, products, whether it be seltzers or hop waters or non-alcoholic beers. It, it the, like it blew through the roof this year. Com- like compared to previous years, like, like actually wild and a bunch of them even making non-alcoholic craft beer brands. Um, I, like I was blown away by how many different breweries in Ontario have been, like have been doing this this year. It's it, like, it, it's good to see. I think we're hitting kind of a happy medium, at least of, at least of being able to kind of have a serious conversation about it. it like where it's not just kind of hitting either, you know, go balls to the wall, uh, like drinking all the time or absolutely none. It's uh, like, it's actually hitting a way where we can have a healthy conversation about it. I think. Yeah. There's no shame. Whatever you want to do, man, just, uh, be you and, and accept others. Right. Exactly. And kind of, if uh, the, the, like whatever anyone needs to do to have a healthy relationship with alcohol, like you should encourage people to like to do what they need to do and it doesn't have to impact you. Everyone can just kind of do what they need to do and it's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I always say with the, the tap room, I tell people when they come in, I'm like, uh, we really wanted like a, like our tables, we have eight foot long tables. Like it's very social. Like you can sit with other people and, and, and I always tell everybody the line and, and I mean, it is just like, Hey, if you, you want to come in, I, I saw this at um, a brewery down in Connecticut called Alvarium. I remember walking in there and you walk in and it, it like their beer is phenomenal. Like if you ever get the chance, try it. But uh, I walk in and there's like, obviously a table, long table, like what we have here. And there's obviously like a whole family from like, like grandparents, possibly great grandparents all the way down and like you, you know the one uh the one family member coming in with uh like a baby carriage and then we'll be like hey so and so do you want to like do you want like one of these no no i'm not drinking it just just a water will be fine and the idea that it's like a gathering spot for the family like i i found that like that, that market and a lot of other markets uh, and places around the world, like where the pub is a gathering spot and like, you're not worrying about, well, if you're not having a beer, we sell beer, you've got to go. Well, no, like if you want to come yeah. in here and just grab a glass of water and stay all day, I don't care. Stay all day. Like sit up your laptop, hang out, man. Like I'll get yeah, to know you one way or another. And, and there's no shame. And like, if you want to be here, part of the community, and part of hanging out with the people who are here, you don't have to be buying the product. You don't need to be like consuming alcohol. You can, you can be part of this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was the cool thing about seeing all those non-alcoholic beers. I was like, I was pretty pumped about, uh, about seeing how many are coming out. Uh, 
Mm. Um, we're putting out far too many beers uh, for me to be able to have time to partake in one. Uh, but we'll slow down eventually and I'll be able to get into one of those. <laughs> they're actually, they've become like a real big, I don't know, like I'm massive on them at the moment because having to, I mean, just like you guys, you guys are probably worse than me and Nate, but having to have some sort of semblance of balance in life yeah. has become pretty important. And on those nights off, the non-alcoholic beers, I like a couple of years ago when I first tried them, I was like, it's probably more than a couple. It's probably like three or four years ago. I drained whatever one I got. I was like, this is garbage. What the fuck is this? But now I really appreciate it. And they get you through those, you know, those, those nights when you're taking a break and maybe you do want to take, have a beer. The whole, you know, looks like a beer. It's the same breweries that you would buy beer from. You're cracking a can, you're pouring it into your favorite glass and you're drinking it in the same way that it's sort of like, it's, you know, like if you're having a vape to quit smoking, it's, it's that movement. It's the the movement that kind of like helps you deal with it. I feel like there's the, the future of not even just non-alcoholic beer, but like save sparkling water. Like I fucking love um, when breweries have sparkling water or some sort of like, you know, what the hop water or whatever it yeah. might be. Some sort of fun little. I really want to try the uh, non-alcoholic jelly cake. It's fantastic. Oh man, it's oh, it's, it's just, spectacular. The, huge fan of it. The, I'm like, it's not elk version. That should be like a soda pop in my fridge all the time. Yeah, and it's, it's better than the original, in my opinion. And uh, the yeah, the uh, like the blackberry raspberry non-alcoholic jelly king is the best non-alcoholic beer I've ever tasted. I would drink that any day of the week happily. Uh, uh, Bellwoods, if you're listening, feel free to send us some uh, poor <laughs> new brewery. <laughs> We'd love to sample some of your, your product. Uh, we consider a collab in the future, maybe, depending on how it tastes. Just letting you guys know. I like that. I like that. Helping out. Yourself out Just putting herself yeah. out there. <laughs> it's, uh, have you guys considered doing any, whether it's non-alcoholic beer or just like uh, anything, sparkling water, kombucha, goddammit. Like, you know, we did a seltzer. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was the best seller actually. It was a big hit. It was a big big hit. uh, In-house. I don't think I'll do one again. Was it an alcoholic Uh, I think you were going to pivot towards the smoothies. My man. Um, this summer, non-elks, we haven't talked about doing, no. Maybe when we get more, more space. Yeah, we're pretty limited on space. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. um, I think I'm going to try to do other than IPAs, stoves the winter. Uh, I want to try to get some smoothies, smoothie beers out there. That's a great um, thing. That was another question. Like, yeah, you guys obviously so far what you've done the blonde, sour, this the big stout that which was one of the best looking cans I've ever seen with the black top, the black that was can, gorgeous. and the whole space label. Exquisite, fucking mm, nice. gorgeous. Thank you, guys. It's beautiful. Um, and I, I, I fucking love this one too. By the way, like, like this one's right yes. up there with that for me. I love yes. this. This uh, this is gorgeous. Continuum is so fire. And like it's like as you're sort of uh, moving it, the the guy holding the flashlight on the the skeleton, like it's like the flashlight lights up. It's just so dope. Let's, you know shout the, uh, it, let's shout out the artist here. This is art by at Scalpel Collage. Yeah, he's uh he's from Montreal. He's from Montreal. Check out his uh, uh, uh. his uh his Instagram. 
Um, you don't know how cool it is to see other people as excited as we are. Like, like, like the first like six months, I would drive in down to the brewery, which is about a half hour drive from home when the new labels came in, because like I'd see them on my digital form, but to get to see them in real life was always like rad. You're just like, Oh man, this is crazy. Yeah, man, this is this one's exceptional. Do you know what this reminds me of, Nate? The one, uh, the Mortalis, uh, as above. So big. yeah, 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 it's very similar to that. Actually, it gives me that vibes, and I just I yeah, know, some, totally. some, something totally. about this. Like that's probably one of my favorite beer labels of all time, and Stella was the other one, like your other thing, and this is up there too. Like oh, you guys really, truly have some phenomenal stuff. Like, and as as unfair as it is for what's inside the can, like that makes the world of difference. Um, you guys are sort of really, really set up for success with, with the quality of the, the labels that you're doing. Like it's obviously what's inside it, I think is equally in, like set you up for success, but I feel like it, getting the conversion side of things when you have to capture that new consumer, the fact that so it stands out in a fridge. If I go to Durand who, you know, I think that's, I, I'm yet to see a better, uh, curated fridge in, in the province. Um, it stands up. doesn't matter whether it's the Stella in the, the stout section or these in the IPA or the double IPA section or the pale ale section or the sour section, like it stands out. And I feel like, but, but, but it's all by whilst also like, Oh, that's all my friends. Like, you know, immediately, obviously you've done really, it's really smart. You've got the little stamp, the, the, the logo stamp right next to the, uh, the name of the beer, which is obviously going to be front and center in any beer fridge. Um, it's just so important. It's so, and it's it's like I've got them all lined up in front of me here, and they just look so fire. It's just like you've That's you guys great. have given yourself such a phenomenal like advantage moving forward, and particularly as we said earlier, for like such a young brewery, like it's I can't overstate it. Like, and it's something that we've been uh, relatively critical of. Whether it's the two things I think are most important that breweries don't pay attention to: a social media presence and um, labels and branding slash branding and you guys have got both of those down pat so i love it it's fucking killer uh, that's a shout out that's bill's our uh, social media dude big bill yeah he, uh, he was very reluctant uh and it's very contrary to uh him as a person uh but oh, he, he is killing it like bill you're watching you're killing it, man. He will spend an hour, two hours back in the back room just fussing over it, and he'll oh, come out with gold. Six hours. Oh, he just comes like like sometimes I think that's all he does in a day. Um, but he just <laughs> like fusses it, over and he comes out with that. gold, man. He's just killing it. Oh, shouts to Bill. Yeah, he's killing it, Bill. Yeah, Bill shout out to Bill, everybody. Shout, shout out to Bill. Bill. Should that be the episode cheers name? To, cheers to Bill. Cheers to Bill. Well, Fuck we're him. well. Rob, um, before before we hit the oh, sorry to interrupt you there, Rob. But uh, just before we kind of get to the point where we're wrapping up, we should make sure to crack that last beer. So if we can hit a quick pause on what you're about to say there, Rob, we should grab the next beer and then uh, like here, get here, to that. So. It goes so fast. The conversation is so fluid, and you're like, oh shit, it's been thirty minutes. So. This is the beer I've heard about from a lot of folks uh, for a while. It's the big dog. This is Ryan's time to shine. 
This bad boy is look at that poor. Look at that poor. Beautiful. First time. Glorious. <laughs> Never poured a beer in his life. Oh, there goes my camera. I'm going to change the battery. And what I'm going to do is swap that over and add that and that. Whilst I change it. So, oh, you know what? Maybe just before I change the battery, I should pull this beer so we can cheers it. And then we can let Rob talk about it because we keep cock blocking the talking. Oh, yeah. So this is your, you've had multiple double IPAs. This is obviously not the first. Third or third. Third, this is our third double IPA. Okie dokie. And Ooh. look at that, mate. It is just a merc bomb. That is just oh yeah, yellow milk in a glass right there. Mate. That's a thick boy right there. Two, four C's. Definitely one of the biggest beers. Definitely the biggest IPA I've ever made. Um, Hell yeah. First of Not percent-wise, but just overall, it's biggest body, uh, most going on. It's uh, so fucking smooth. 8.8%. Um, again, yeah. you have to have enough pops, enough body, enough everything going on to hide that that high percentage. Um a lot of a lot that goes into the double IPAs is quite a bit different than how I brew my regular IPAs. To be honest, um, it is it's like the high mash. Um, I, I'll over pitch my yeast a little bit on these. Um, what, uh, the other thing I do different is I will add more dextrose into the brewing process, which is highly fermentable sugar. One of the reasons for this is to limit the amount of uh, free anemone nitrates that are going into the beer, which will cause that fusel alcohol flavor. Mm -hmm. So I try to limit that amount of booze flavor coming through by uh, selecting how my fermentables are. Okay. Um, this one takes a long time to condition also. It's not just like a one-month beer and done. Uh, this was in tank for oh, six, almost seven weeks before we packaged it, just to condition out. Um, again, we use the Incognito from Hoss Farms. This time it was the Citra product. Uh, huge aroma we got off of it. Huge, just from the Incognito. Uh, big dry hop we used. Uh, it's just, it's overall big. It's over the top. It's everything it's a that, that. It's a big wild beer, beer for sure. It's big, it's loud, kind of like the label. Yep. No, I feel that. I, I like find that. It, so I find uh, it's wild. And, oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. Go ahead, Ryan. I, I haven't drank it in a, a couple of weeks just because there's been other things. And it's just, I'm just still blown away. It's just a very smooth drinking beer. You're like nearly a 9% beer. And I'm, I'm like sitting here drinking it. And it's as smooth as the last beer I had. Hmm. It really oops, running two on me. Uh, it really is, ma'am. Like this is, this is all the uh, all that it's hyped up to be. It's so intense. It's, I feel like it's easily the most intense uh, that we've had tonight. I mean, obviously, oh, ABV notwithstanding. But. Yeah, ABV, ABV notwithstanding. Like, like this one is aggressive as fuck. 
Yeah, very aggressive. I also like when words are like you put like three, uh, three words. Is what saying. <laughs> Nevertheless, here to four. You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> um, big fan. Um, and there's also three A's in Citra, which I'm a big fan of as well. I like it. You just like fuck it. Just lean in. What is this beer? Citra. Is that where you guys uh, was that thinking behind the name? Um, well, yeah. We're like, let's do a single hop double IPA. Well, there's there's three kinds of Citra. There's Citra Pellet, Citra Cryo, Citra Incognito, and 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 that's like a perfect example of Rob made this like out of control beer. They told uh, me to. Yeah, like, he, just go big on his hey, Rob, Citra Double IPA. Hey Rob, how much as big and bold as he can? Yeah, how much Incognito did you put in? I don't know the maximum recommended dosage. <laughs> Fuck, maybe you start with the lowest recommended dosage. No, go big. So, so the thing is, you, you talk like that, and then you come up with a piece of art like that, and you go, well, that makes sense, and everything just fucking clicks. But when you go for double IPA, it's like, the bigger the better. Like, that's what people want. Yeah, it's true. No, I, lo- I love that, man. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's still, it's a drinkable product. That's, my, that's the main thing. Like, I'm not going, it's not, it's not bitter, it's not like that. It's not, it's just big as far as flavor. And uh, yeah, yeah, body goes. I, I think you guys can, and this is something that, that just reminded me of something that we we talked about at the beginning. Is, is and you guys can tell uh, tell me and tell us is like one of the things about like the beers that we wanted to make is is like beer philosophy wise. Even though we wanted to do these like ultra craft beers, we wanted every beer we made to be approachable. You know, like, like the thing is, is the thing is, is, is like, you get like a big, like a beer, like bone shaker and you, you really got to have a, a, like a, like a taste for, for that style of beer. It's an old school 90 IBU. Whereas in, whereas in, whereas in, I can, we can pour uh, a Citra, uh, other IPA, like doubles were like Curiosity and Bougie Juice where we can pour these for uh, a customer who isn't that and they still like it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's an, it's an ultra craft product, but it's very approachable. And I think that's something that we, we always keep in mind when, when we're just like, when we're doing all of our beers and coming up with what we're going to do, it's like, like we want that beer to like, like be drinkable mm. to everybody. Like I don't want anyone drink more of my beers. Everyone has like there's there's a thing of like a good beer that's not you can't get through the whole can. I want everyone to get through the whole can. I feel like yeah. you guys have succeeded with that for sure. Like it's never there's never it's never like too much. Like that you're like, uh, I need to chill on this. Like everything is very drinkable. And even this one, like the ABV that it's at, which is probably depending on who's drinking it, you know. Some people would be a challenge. Some people might just be like, fuck yes, what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like this all like, um, what's the word? I was going to say like balanced or restrained enough. So it's sort of like extreme enough to, to, to give you guys, the, you know, to give us the, all the drinkers the flavor, but also restrained enough that it's not like, oh man, I need eight ounces of this and then I'm done type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And this particular one I'm noticing here, and I think, how old is this one, would you say? Uh, we packaged this, uh, would have been end of December. Okay. So there's, it's, it's very green, I would say. 
and the um, reason I'm saying that, I'm still getting a little bit of greenness and hot burn, which is personally something I love in a IPA. That is like, see, for some reason, I don't, maybe you, you guys can share, shed some light on it, but it's like the ultimate, um, uh, what's the word? Preservative for an IPA. Absolutely. If, it, if it's green, if you're saying burn, it's green, that means it still has, it shows it lots legs. of time before. It's got legs. This, this, this beer being what, six weeks old has absolutely no business being this good. Sure enough. And it's fantastic. Like fucking fantastic. Um, probably I would even say to the like it's probably my favorite of the evening. Which is not what I thought I would feel because I've been sitting here raving the uh, the benefits of lower ABV beers with big buddies. But uh, mm-hmm. the big beer comes through. The Ryan and Nate uh, takes the dub tonight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and this is the second time I'm having I'm I'm, I'm having this one, and I, I like and I do love it. But if I was to pick a fave for the night, um, it uh, ethereal would be the like would be the winner for me. I, uh, oh, like, I I'm a, I'm I'm a big fan of the dank, and uh, like like and that one really delivered that uh, like really really nicely. I was yeah. a big fan of that. Hey, can I just say how uh, much we really appreciate and how rad it is that like. A, like you guys have taken notice and, and have invited us on here. Uh, and like the fact that like we even get the opportunity to be here is, uh, is wild. Uh, so I want to thank you guys. Like, like, thanks like for drinking beers with us, even though it's remote and, uh, and, uh, this time, th- well, thanks for including us, man. Like, like there's, a, you guys, you guys are, you didn't have to. Yeah. You guys are with a lot of the big guys and, and, uh, Everything aside, we're we're just some new guys putting out beer in a in a pretty small place with a pretty small brew system. So, um, thank you. It's an honor for real. Um, you guys should be proud of what you've done in the short time you've been around. Like I, I could, I, Nate, you could you could elaborate. I've been a fan since before we spoke. Heard about you guys. People were talking about it. Fortunately, I was moving here. Durand had this shit. He put it aside for me. He was like, oh, I'll put some aside for you specifically. Like Chris, shouts to Chris. He's such a legend because he knew it was going to sell. So he's like, all right, let me, let me tuck that aside. So I had to like let him know type of thing. I just been a fan since of everything, man. And like you guys obviously are as cool as I thought you would be. Um, it doesn't matter the size of the brewery to us, bro. Like we like talking to great people about great beer. And uh, that's what we have done this evening. And I feel like that's what you guys are doing. You're great people making great beer for a truly, like, what's the word? Like, non-selfish reason. Like, you just want to make people happy. And that's the feeling I got whilst talking to Ryan over the last six months or so. Um, And that's what I'm getting this evening. It's exactly what you got. You guys live your ethos, your mission, um, which I imagine is, you know, you know, I'm very excited to see the tap room because I feel like that's like the ultimate experience of all my friends and just to really like soak up the product and what you guys are doing. And I still feel, I like that we captured it early on and I bet you the next time we do it, it's going to be like here to here as far as breadth of styles. And, and, you know, if we think mm-hmm. the quality is good now, we'll wait till fucking you've dialed this shit in even more type of thing, you know, like it's, uh, it's cool to us to watch the journey and to sort of hear about all this stuff. And also you guys are in one of my favorite places and, and contributing a lot to a scene that did not have what you guys are bringing. 
so you guys are making the area better for for beer drinkers and non-beer drinkers who are about to become beer drinkers alike. It's fantastic. So you guys should be proud, really, for real. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't agree more with um, with uh, like with everything that C just said there. And um, yeah, it's been a genuine pleasure to uh, like to have you guys on. Um, it's it's been a great chat. We've um, we've absolutely loved to see what you've created in um, in such a short amount of time. It's it's clear that you guys ha- like really have an eye on what you're doing. You have a care in your products. You um, they, 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 you are taking this seriously in uh, like in in what you're creating both. That, like down to a scientific level, like you say, you do really seem to know the science of beer, and um, that is like especially in this realm as we're talking of like hype beer and uh, like in haze and whatnot. That's something that seemingly is often overlooked, and uh, like, like but you seem to have. Uh, you seem to really have the details of that really, uh, like really down, and you know, the, like the branding is truly exceptional. It's uh, the, the, like we don't see this from the, like from young breweries, and uh, like and it's it's something really special. And you know, you've created something special very very early on, and we've uh, we've said this before both privately and on the podcast like we're really excited to see what you guys end up creating in the coming year so we're definitely going to be keen to uh, like to visit absolutely and to talk to you guys again in uh, you know in 6 months to a year's time and uh, you know we'll see how you've grown we're really excited about it well, if you guys make it this way, you always have a, a place to stay and a uh, place to come visit and have pints. So uh, just let me know. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. I'm thinking top 10, top 10, 2023. So I'm looking for, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited for you guys. Top 10 Ontario breweries. Let's fucking go. We did say, we did say one to watch. We did say yeah. one to watch. The big one. To hey, watch. I, we appreciate that honorable yeah. mention. Like that's like, you know, when we're coming into work every day, just doing our shit like that's that uh, that blew our minds and that pumped us up, man. That's uh, thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah, we're excited. It's, like it's, it's well deserved. Some of the ones I could not agree more. The the one to watch, I think, from the year before might have been Fine Balance, and then they were in the top ten this year. I feel like Fine Balance are doing some fantastic oh, shit. Oh, those guys are amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you guys. I always say, like, I feel like they, when they, we first met Andrew and discovered Fine Balance, uh, we were like, oh, these guys are like up next. Like, they're like the ones that people like are going to discover, and it's going to be really annoying. I to still get feel like them. they're underrated. I, I don't think they, they get as much attention as they deserve. I agree wholeheartedly. I, yeah, 100%. I thought they, like, we, we, they were actually like, I think they're one of the first people we reached out to when we, we wanted to do a beer. Uh, we did that uh, tango, the sour IPA with them. Yeah. And and it's still one of like I think like people like anybody who's at it is just like, whoa, like yeah, it was it's anything they put out is awesome. They do their loggers are next level. They're that old oh, cream. First time I had it, I was like, I was almost mad. It was so good. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, and like, so, oh, yeah, it's so fucking good. We yeah yeah no. Not to mention, not to mention, we put out a beer with. 
three forms of citra in it and they go, fuck you. We're going to put a four double IPAs <laughs> all with citra. Like, oh, that's you know, right. It's like, like, it's like up and coming. Yeah. No, 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 no. See you, buddy. See you. We're going to go down there and do a, do a batch with them next month. So. Yeah, please. Like, I, I see you guys as very like a parallel sort of path. Obviously, they got a year or two ahead of you guys, but like Nate and I definitely see you guys as a like I don't know. I we we it's almost like we sort of see the the potential that we specifically like. Not that we fucking know anything about anything, but we're like, all right, fine balance. We're like Jesus Christ, this is like why has no one like punched me in the face and be like drink this. And you guys are the same thing. I'm just really excited. And I love, love that you guys may, you know, connected with them. Um, I know, you know Andrew's obviously a legend. I believe Eric is the brewer's name who worked at like other half. So they don't fuck around with this shit. Um, you guys obviously are not fucking around in any shape or form. So for you guys being, you know, collabing to them, even not achieving their potential yet, are still, you know, wanting to work with other phenomenal up you know new breweries is 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 super dope and it makes me extra happy to know that you guys were uh working together and stuff it's i don't know man there's so much potential for you guys and what you're doing like i hope you are as excited about you as we are about you absolutely well we are definitely yeah it's uh man it's how fucking great of an opportunity is it to, to be able to put out some beers and have people want to drink them like that how lucky are we it's a beautiful thing. Uh, we're pumped, and uh, like not a message to you guys, a message to the all the people who watch uh, the podcast. It's just a big thank you. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 awesome that people uh, want to to be a part of what we are giving out. So uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty rad. Thank you. Love it. Here for it. So let's get the thumbnail. We'll wrap up, and then we can finish up uh, off air. Do you guys want to hold up some cans? What we got here? I can probably only get two. Yeah, let's go. There we go. Oh, you guys got them all going. I'll get the hat down there. There we go. Boom. All right, ready? <laughs> Three. Glorious. I think I got it here. Let me you did the face, too. That's perfect. Let me check it. There we go. We got it. All right. Um... Guys, yeah, hang on. I'm going to wrap it up, but once I cut it off, stick around. Uh, don't cut off the call, and we'll, we'll chat after real quick. But um, Rob, Ryan, guys, thank you so much for hanging out, man. This is a, a pleasure. We're really, really stoked to get the full story and capture that in the concrete here on a pod. Uh, where can everyone find you guys online and in real life? Where can they come see you? Um. Online, our uh, Instagram is is our main source. So uh, at amf.beer will be our uh, Instagram. Feel free to shoot us a message if any questions. Uh, I, I get them all. I answer them all. And uh, our beers, I, pretty much every craft beer store uh, shop across Ontario, if it's not there, I recommend, <laughs> I recommend asking them to get us because I'd love to, love to send beer there. Um, and we're at uh, select uh, craft beer bars all over the place too. So, um, amfbeer.com. Yeah, amfbeer.com. And what's so the ten dollar flat rate shipping in Ontario? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a big Woo! one. Yeah, ten dollar flat rate shipping. So, so uh, let that's us know, like just reach out, order. We'll get them out twice a week. 
That's huge. And what's that's the pretty fucking good? That's genuinely great. What's the physical address? Uh, Eight Stanley Street here in uh, Bloomfield, Ontario. Bloomfield, we're Ontario. at the back of the building. If you're ever going to uh, between Ottawa and Toronto, or Toronto to Ottawa, either way, it's just for 20, 25 minutes off the highway. We're we're a we're a good, small good restaurant. Yeah, small little small little spot in the back of a hundred and fifty thousand square foot uh, warehouse. Uh, exactly our vibe. Yeah. I love it. And uh, also between Montreal and Toronto, a lot of folks driving between this is what I used to do for 10 years, drive between back and forth and always. Always. And uh, I can definitely vouch for Bloomfield being probably one of my favorite cities in Prince Edward County. There's just like great, like great food out there. It's just like a cute, quaint main street with like a ton of stuff. So it's gorgeous. You can't go wrong. It's just uh, super fire. Uh, Love it. Nathaniel. Where can everyone find you online? So, uh, you can find me everywhere at Nathan Does Beer and right here co-hosting BAOS podcast. You know the vibes, um, guys. Thank you again for uh, hanging out. This was super fun, everybody. Thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash a thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell, Nathaniel. Ding. So you know when the new new drops. Follow us everywhere at BAOS Podcast. Um, we drop the pods every Wednesday now. The audio goes in the morning at 7 a.m. So for those who are commuting, they will have some fresh shit for their car speakers or their earpods or whatever the hell you're doing. And uh, we drop the pod, the video in the evenings. Um, yeah, man. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Nate is basically co-hosting full-time at this point. Um, everything that we're doing. So we have a, a bunch of great ones. So thank you again for tuning in. Throw us a little five-star rating if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcast. You know the vibes helps a lot. And uh, we'll see you sexy folks in the next one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.